0: Aloha. What's up, Penn Nation? You're now tuned into yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch, and we have a stacked show lined up for you guys this evening. This is episode 79. Got a lot of great guests, a lot to get to, and again, an awesome show for you guys. But before we talk about tonight's lineup, I tell you guys every single week, you know what's up. Your home for MMA news is BJPenn.com. We're your premier source for all things mixed martial arts, The team's always hard at work to bring you guys the most reliable information, all the breaking news, tons of exclusive content, and so much more. You guys already know about BJPenn.com Radio. You guys know about all the technique videos we're bringing you on a day-to-day or weekly basis. BJJ with BJ. All that great stuff. We're the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site in existence today. All of you fine folks make that possible, and we got a ton of love for you, Penn Nation. Everything you crave from the sport you love, BJPenn.com, the fighter's voice, we have got you covered. So as for tonight's guest list, as I mentioned, this is a stacked episode. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. We kick things off with UFC middleweight Elias Theodoro. The Spartan returns to the show. We'll be talking about a ton of projects he has in the works, ranging from the independent film, The Last Hit, to breaking the mold as the ring card boy for Invicta FC. We don't get into anything about Pert Plus, surprisingly, in this conversation, but we'll discuss his upcoming fight with Trevor Smith at UFC Liverpool on May 27th. We're going to preview that matchup, discuss a bit about the division, and a whole lot more. Another great convo with the Spartan Elias Theodoro. Our second guest of the evening, coming off an impressive first-round submission over Gerald Harris at Bellator 198 this weekend, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu phenom, wizard, undefeated MMA middleweight, Rafael Lovato Jr. We're going to recap the fight with Gerald Harris. We'll talk about the submission, how it all went down. We'll get his thoughts on where he fits into the title picture. We'll get his thoughts on uh, Cavalho, uh versus Musasi, that matchup. And who he believes has the best Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in mixed martial arts. Again, great conversation. First time having him on the show, actually. Got to say, awesome guy. Pleasure speaking with him. Next up, our third guest of the evening, UFC light heavyweight prospect Dominic Reyes. The Devastator is returning to the show to help us preview this upcoming scrap with Jared Cannonier at UFC Chile on May 19th. He's going to give us his thoughts on being a part of this historic card that's going down for the first time in South America in Chile. We'll discuss his plans for the rest of the year. We'll break down the, the matchup stylistically against Cannonier. We'll get his thoughts on some important matchups on the horizon at 205 as well. Always a pleasure to speak with him. Kind of a short one for for Dominic and I, but nonetheless a good conversation. And our fourth guest for tonight, coming off a sensational walk off knockout victory over Damarret at UFC Glendale, Gilbert Burns. He returns to the show to uh, recap this victory, talk about the back to back knockout wins he has going forward, the momentum he is building. At lightweight, we're going to talk a bit about the weight cut, the problems he had with the weight cut going into this fight, having some fights rescheduled, trying to find new opponents going forward. He's been calling everybody out, clearly very hungry, a lot to discuss with him, another great conversation with Gilbert Burns. And our fifth guest of the evening, returning to the show yet again, good friend of BJPenn.com radio, the number two ranked light heavyweight in the UFC, Volkan Ozdemir. Now, it was announced that Volkan would be facing Mauricio Shogunhua in Chile later this month, but that date was quickly changed to July 22nd in Hamburg, Germany. We're going to talk to Volkan about all of the legal issues that led to this fight being moved. We'll talk about the matchup against Mauricio Shogun Shogunhua, obviously one of the legends of the sport, a great matchup for the fans. We'll also get his thoughts on the current title picture and why he believes he'll be back yet again to challenge for that title in no time at all quotation marks included. And closing out tonight's episode, returning to the show, the man that so many of you love to hate, the heel of heels in mixed martial arts, Colby Chaos Covington. Colby returns to discuss a ton of topics. We're going to get his take on the run-in with felony Charles Bennett at the Cam Soda live event. We're going to discuss his second spoiling of a huge movie premiere that he's got a ton of backlash for yet again, including the MMA media, We're going to get his thoughts on some statements made by Joe Rogan about Colby's opinion on Jon Jones and potentially having to run in to Jon Jones sometime down the line. You're also going to hear plenty from Colby on his upcoming showdown against Rafael Dos Anjos for the uh, interim title at UFC 225. We'll talk about Tyron Woodley, Khabib Nurmagomedov, and a whole lot more. You guys know what's up with Colby. He always brings the heat. So there you have it. That's tonight's guest list. As I said, another stacked episode of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice, Episode 79. Let's waste no time. We'll jump right into it. Kicking things off tonight, we are joined by the Spartan himself, Elias Theodoro. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the main event, trademark included, the Spartan himself, Elias Theodoro. What's up, Elias? How is life uh, How is life up north today?
1: Uh Busy, so busy is good. Uh, I'm actually in the process of uh, jumping out of planes to head to Kansas City, which I'll be making my stop for, uh, I guess, my second endeavor as uh, Invictus Ring Boy. And uh, obviously, after that, got my fight as well. So, putting in a session, and, uh, you know, ain't no rest for the wicked.
0: I know how that goes, man. And listen, there's a lot to cover, but uh, I guess let's start with uh, what I wanted to start with was the last hit. You know we've talked about it in length on this show in our previous conversations. However, I see that you guys have uh, really been pushing this IndieGoGo campaign. How is that going so far?
1: It's gone. It's gone really well. Uh, Like I mentioned in our last conversation, uh, part of this is just to create awareness. Uh, We've kind of hit our target already. We wanted, uh, you know, uh, essentially to cross that threshold in regards to ten thousand dollars, and we. You know, true. Uh, again, it, it's a Canadian film, so we've hit that um, ten thousand mark. But uh, still, another fifteen more days for support, um, and uh, we've got a really cool bunch of uh, perks and options for people to kind of uh, you know help support and get something in return. Whether it's you know a, a training session with yours truly, which is a thousand dollars, and we'll fly you in from anywhere from North America um, to train with yours truly. Uh, and, you know, a, or a simple donation in regards to a signed poster uh, There's many different things to choose from And uh, thank you for everyone that has actually, that have supported so far
0: So cool, man So you're giving back to anybody that can support You know, depending on the amount You know, from the little guy Up to a guy that can that can fork over the, the $1,000 You're going to take re- really good care of them
1: Yeah, 110% uh, Majority of this is to, you know, just create a further connection with my fans and followers and kind of let them know what I'm doing and this next big step that I'll be doing as the lead and last hit. And like I mentioned, it's not the like we're not necessarily kind of, like fixated on the actual amount of money that's brought in, although every, uh, every, uh, you know, every donation, every dollar helps, especially in the early sets. And what this will be doing is helping me with my. Uh, acting coach uh, because I want to go from white belt to black belt in that aspect, and uh, also to do some of the paperwork uh, to that, that that it takes to file for a a movie, and just kind of the cool part of understanding the underbelly and how to put together a film and being the producer as well, not only the uh, the actual lead in the in the in the film. So, you know, a great endeavor that I am very excited and been happy to kind of, you know, share it to the world, and so far, so good.
0: Right, well, you know, you mentioned producer there, and and I think that a lot of people that don't really understand the film industry, that's a tough role, and there's a lot that goes into being the producer, so I'm glad to hear that you're you're handling it well so far, and again, I I look forward to the eventual release of the movie, Um, but you're back in action as the ring boy for Invicta FC this weekend. First off, man, tell us about the response from the inaugural uh, appearance, and I feel like you got a, a ton of love and support from that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm very lucky. I think part of it is a you know a reaction or a a result of my own positive uh, you know positive output into the community in general in mixed martial arts, uh, even when I'm you know uh, taking on trolls. I uh, kill them with kindness, and uh, it's not really about, you know, belittling people, et cetera, et cetera. It's more about having a conversation, There, whether it's about being a ring boy or, you know, my political views. Uh, you know, I, I'm someone that has my own set of views, and I respect anyone else's, and uh, I respect everyone's uh, opportunity and right to have their own opinion. But um, obviously, like you mentioned, you uh, it was very, uh, you know, it was a warm, uh, warm received both online and in crowd. Uh, happy to say that obviously it was, um, you know, a good enough hit that they're asking me to come back again. And, uh, you know, I'm doing much more than just, uh, you know, just the capacity of necessarily the, the ring boy, but in addition to all the other things that I bring, whether it's attention or, you know, uh, more eyes on what it's really about. A night of great fights and great female fights.
0: Right, right. Well, that kind of segues into my next question here perfectly. You know, you're talking about uh, bringing some attention to Invicta. Some people were saying that you stole the spotlight from the event. What's your response to that?
1: You know, I, I can understand that for, especially for the first one it, it might, because it's new and it's, it's something different and that they were trying to illustrate that You know, once again, Invicta has is at the forefront in regards to female MMA, and obviously, this one is this this time around. It wasn't necessarily in the cage, but outside of the cage. And now that we've gotten the debut out of, uh, you know, gone uh, out of. uh, Sorry, now that we've gotten the debut, and it's gone pretty much without a hitch, and we're doing it again. It's going to be more focused on yes, myself, but obviously, what the most important thing is. Uh, the female fighters, and uh, I'm really excited for the main event. Huge Sarah Coffin fan. Um, She's a a friend of mine, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her hand raised.
0: Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, Sarah was something I wanted to touch on here a little bit later, but uh, just sticking with this for a moment, I've got to commend you, man, You know, not only for doing this in the first place, but for sticking with it. I think a lot of people thought that this was going to be a one-and-done PR move for you. Are you planning on doing this moving forward indefinitely?
1: Yeah, I, 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 that's exactly it. It wasn't a one-and-done. I want to create a conversation. I want to make this a full-time thing. And, you know, so far so good, both in the reaction of everyone in the crowd, you know, watching online uh, on Fight Pass and, you know, online more generally in regards to social media. i I'd say it's 70-30, and even those uh, 30% of them are just jerks and you can't really deal with them.
0: So, right, right, you know, right. Well, I, I got to uh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say uh, the game plan is to do not only this event, but I already have uh, spoken to Shannon, Shannon Knapp of Invicta, uh, and, and we have about another three, three or so uh, events that they know that they're they're doing in the future that I'll be a part of.
0: Awesome, man! Very glad to hear it. Uh, unfortunately, I only saw the uh, highlights from the last event, but what was the atmosphere like? You know, in person, and did you have a bunch of ladies whistling at you?
2: Uh
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Uh, it was really refreshing to have uh, the gentlemen that were there in the crowd uh, pumped up as well. So, you know, I I think this really created an atmosphere, especially within Invicta, where there's a huge female uh, following because, again, other females. And um, the aspect of there were a lot of the training partners, supporters of all the the competitors there. So there were other females there, maybe more so than... um, other mixed martial arts and uh you know i I think obviously the ace in my in my sleeve is the fact that i am a professional fighter i am a ufc fighter and uh you know people some people support me uh in regards to both my fighting and stuff that i'm doing outside of the cage and this is their chance to actually uh come and do that uh there were a couple people that uh approached me throughout the night that said that they came specifically to meet me and specifically to uh, cheer me on along with the great night of fight. So, you know, uh, I'm a female MMA fan and so are everyone that's in the stand. So we're all on the common, uh, on the same page.
0: Right. And that kind of goes back to the, to the question about stealing the spotlight. At the end of the day, man, you're bringing more attention uh, to the ladies and, and, Quite frankly, Invicta is a great promotion and deserves all, all of the attention it can get. So, uh, very cool stuff there. But you talked about the card for a moment. Um, as we all know, the ladies always put on a great show for the fans. I know you mentioned Sarah, Sarah Kaufman there. I'm wondering uh, what other matchups are you most excited for? And for me personally, since you mentioned Sarah, you know, just to see her compete for the title again, very cool stuff. She is such a pioneer of the sport. No,
2: that's
1: exactly right. Uh, I'm really excited Again, uh, bias because I'm, uh, obviously Canadian. Uh, so, uh, there's that aspect and why, you know, why I'm a huge Sarah Coffin supporter and why I'm really excited to see her at the chance, uh, you know, really compete on a high stage and, you know, get the, the the opportunity to fight for what she deserves about. Um, another one that's kind of interesting is, uh, Pearl Gonzalez, uh, I'm really excited to see her quick turnaround. I was there at her last fight. It was a great it was a great fight. So, excited to see what she can do now on a winning streak. And uh, there are many other fights. From top to bottom, it's going to be a, a great night of fights uh, at Invicta
0: 29. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And, and like you said, you mentioned Pearl Gonzalez there. I know that, you know, kind of taking some of that notoriety she got from the UFC, bringing that back into Invicta, very cool stuff. But... Uh, you know, considering all these projects you've got going on currently, you're ready to make your own return later this month at UFC Liverpool against Trevor Smith. How was your camping going?
1: Camps were great. Uh, my, you know, one of the funny things is, uh, having to be quote unquote ring boy ready, it's probably been the best thing ever for me. Uh, I'm, I'm in shape. It's one last thing to worry about. Uh, and you know, after this fight, I, I look to have another ring boy, uh, event, so I'm already, you know, already kind of uh, mapping out uh, my rest, my recovery, etc. So, you know, training uh, every single day, twice a day. I have, uh, you know, whether it's my my coaches, Faraz and Hobby or um, Kruash, they're getting me ready both, you know, on the mental prep and uh, the game plan, but also my training partners. There are a lot of, a lot of other fighters uh, that are, that are getting ready uh, from the TriStar uh, team, that are getting ready for their own Liverpool fight. So you have Eric Spice, who's a 185-er. Uh, you have um, Nordine Taleb, who's a 185-er, but man's built like a brick shithouse. He's gorgeous That's heck gorgeous <laughs> right there. But
2: um,
1: point being, uh, and there's also Angie Sanchez that beat my opponent, uh, Trevor Smith, not too long ago. So I have uh, another inside uh, ace up my sleeve in some regards for uh, this fight. And, you know, Trevor Smith's a tough dude, but it's kind of obvious what he wants to do. He wants to, you know, throw some punches and try and take me down, and I'm going to show him that uh, no means no, and uh, I'm going to impose my will on him. I think there's a huge opportunity to kind of uh, create a highlight reel on him. I I think he absorbs a lot of damage, uh, especially in the way my style kind of... uh, syncs up with his and I think there's, like I mentioned there's an opportunity to really uh, push in my well and get the finish and that's what I'm
0: going to do Now he's been out of competition for uh, almost a year to the day come fight night uh, and you're a pretty active guy and as you mentioned you're training a, a little bit above and beyond going that extra mile to stay in good shape for the ring card boy thing but um, I'm sure you expect to push the pace as you always do and kind of wear him out early in this fight
1: not necessarily early, but just eventually. Uh, you know, I love being in there for 15 minutes because uh, unlike most people, including my, uh, my opponent, Trevor Smith, who has a wrestling background and who's had many, many matches, uh, for me, uh, what I'm trying to do is get as much game-time experience as possible because I don't have that amateur career someone like my opponent has or someone like my previous opponent that Dan Kelly has. But with that being said, Really excited to take him in the deep water, second and third, and go for the finish. I, I really think I can impose my will. You know, he's he's in shape in his own right. He's tough, but I think there's a you know there's there's kind of like a parallel in regards to the uh, the philosopher uh, Eckhart Tolle, where it's like the idea of pain body. I think in many ways he um, in many ways uh, he kind of uh, allows the pain to accumulate, and he kind of you know his fighter IQ kind of uh, goes out the window the longer the longer the fight goes. So that's where I really want to just take them. And, uh, you know, whether you win or lose, you always kind of go back to the drawing board. And one of the things that I've kind of uh, done in this training camp is just been meaner. I, I think um, my style and my ability to just rack up the points um, and rack up uh, strikes has allowed me to kind of, you know, um, I, how do I put this? Uh, it has allowed me to get far enough ahead that I don't feel a threat from my opponent. And, um, okay. I've kind of, uh, corrected myself in that, in that aspect because, you know, my last fight, I outstruck my opponent a hundred and, what was it, a hundred and thirty to uh, twenty. And, uh, now I really want to put some more oomph in it and, uh, go for the kill, uh, much more. And, you know, that, those are just growing pains in regards to being a mixed martial artist, especially someone that doesn't have the amateur career that, uh, all my opponents do.
0: Right. Well, what you're talking about there is pretty interesting. You know, uh, obviously, you, you don't strike anybody in the MMA community as a mean guy. So, hearing that you're trying to be meaner, meaner in the gym, it sounds to me like uh, you want to fight with maybe not uh, a, more of a sense of urgency, but just uh, really put the stamp on it at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, a lot more mean intentions with every uh, everything that I throw. And, you um, know, I, I think that's what I, I kind of did in my early c- career because. I didn't really necessarily have the technique or understanding. I just enforced my will, and I think now there might be a, an aspect of me almost being too cognitive, and um, rather than that—that that, you know that's somewhat of an it factor in regards to just go and pull the trigger, and uh, you know the variables kind of just play it out if you've done everything right. right. So you know, again, it, it, it's growing pains that someone that's only been in mixed martial arts in any capacity since he's 21 and I'm still 29, (laughs) so, um, you know, uh, again, I've only had two defeats, and they were close in those regards, and those two individuals that I lost to were great fighters, and they have allowed me to grow, and now, coming off of uh, my most recent win, I once again have uh, learned from it, and i really excited to show everyone what I've done.
0: Well, speaking of which, showing all the fans what you've done, I know that the UK fans, are really excited for the UFC to finally make its way into Liverpool. You must be uh, very stoked as well to be on this card.
1: Yeah, it, well, I've now been attached to in some capacity. I think three of like three of the time breaking or sold out breaking record for the UFC. I think it was once in uh, in Ottawa, now Liverpool, and there's another one I think Halifax or something like that where it sold out in like you know. 20 minutes or right. 30 minutes before that. So, really excited to be a part of a, a sold-out crowd and more excited that
0: I'm not fighting a hometown guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Well, I couldn't think of a better guy to help break into a new market. You are certainly an incredible ambassador of the sport, but uh, I'm wondering in the main event, who are, uh, no trademark included there, who are you picking in the main event between uh, Thompson and uh, Darren Till? You know, th-
1: I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, one would have to go with Thompson in regards to he's just, you know, been against top comp- uh, top uh, competitors. He's been on the spotlight before. He's had this pressure before. He's also had most likely has a longer amateur career as well. So, you'd have to go with Thompson on that aspect, but you know, Till does have a lot of momentum, a lot of confidence, and a lot of ability to kind of do him. So, you know, I'm really excited where I'm kind of situated in regards to the card to, you know, do what I got to do and smash uh, Trevor Smith and then watch the uh, the main event myself. Uh, Again, I I, my money would probably be on uh, Thompson, but you never know.
0: Absolutely, some guys have not arrived until they've arrived, and this is Darren Till's opportunity to do just that. But uh, you know, getting back to yourself, you and I have discussed the. Progression of your career on a few occasions, and I remember us talking about you wanting to really make some noise in the rankings. I'm learned, I'm wondering, do you think a ranked opponent should be next for you? You know, after getting by Trevor,
1: I definitely do. But uh, again, a lot of this has to do with whom is available and what what my schedule is. But definitely, um, definitely want to get a ranked opponent. And even at this point, I want to like call someone out, but I don't know who Morty that has a fight and doesn't have a fight, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, there are a lot of fights that I'm, I'm, I'm really eager to see. Like, for instance, uh, Brad Tavares versus um, Israel. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that's in July, and that one's uh, something that I really want to, to watch because, obviously, I thought Brad Tavares, uh, Israel is not necessarily ranked at this moment. But, you know, if he gets past someone like Brad Tavares, uh, the, you know, obviously my eyes would be on him. Um, there's other options. Whether you know the winner of Jack Hermanson versus uh, Talis Latis, even though Talis might not be ranked at that point, there's still a, a, a great uh, you know a great value taking on someone like Talis Latis, in my opinion. So you know no specifics on whom I, I would fight, but uh, no, definitely looking towards a you know finishing the year uh, taking on someone that is ranked.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and you need the dance partner in or- in order to go out there and. And you know do your thing So I completely understand You got to see where every all the chips fall And, and, and who uh, who is available But listen as always man I greatly appreciate your time today Elias Looking forward to the fight in Liverpool on May 27th And of course the Invicta card this weekend uh, As well as the last hit movie Very cool stuff Great conversation as usual uh, Anything you think we missed? You know, I
1: think we covered a lot And thank you as always for your time um, I, You know Excited for all the things ahead and really excited uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think we might want to set up another conversation because uh, there, there are a couple more things to announce and a couple more exciting things to share.
0: Ah, well, the the floor is yours. Anytime you'd like to come back on, just have Tim get a hold of me or you do the same. But listen, in conclusion, uh, I guess give us uh, – your prediction for the fight, if you have one, why everybody needs to tune in, and of course, uh, feel free to close it out with any plugs or sponsors uh, that you'd like to shout out.
1: Yeah, I'm looking, like I said, for a second or third finish. I think there's an opportunity to, you know, really impose my will, whether it's a clinch, whether it's, you know, uh, dirty boxing, and, and I think there's opportunity to mix my style and uh, break my opponent, uh, you know. Uh, The nice Canadian has mean intentions uh, May 27th And I'm looking forward to having my 18th professional fight And more importantly my 16th professional Win just before my 30th birthday
0: Awesome Well again certainly looking forward to it And uh, if we don't catch up before then Happy birthday to you my man And uh, again please feel free to plug anything Or or thank any sponsors Uh, Tell everybody where they can go on Indiegogo To contribute to The Last Hit
1: Yeah so Indiegogo uh, slash Blast the Movie, uh, a film where I play an MMA fighter to stretch, but I get injured and I reinvent myself as a competitive video gamer. It's a comedy and really excited to have uh, many different uh, fight uh, fight um, uh, legends going to be a part of it. Uh, you know, We're in the process of uh, a lot of the you know, uh, mundane stuff in regards to the technicalities, but we have a script and we have a great director and we have yours truly. So really excited to keep everyone up to date. And you can follow me on at Elias Theodoro uh, to kind of get the latest on, uh, you, know, my, my, you know, what's kind of going on in yours truly's day. Uh, thank you everyone uh, for, you know, your support and, uh, you know, your time. Cool.
0: Cool. Again, greatly appreciate it. We'll catch up again soon. Uh, whenever, whenever you, uh, feel like coming back on, man, seriously, just reach out. We'll get you back on the show anytime.
1: Sounds like a plan, brother.
0: All right, man. You have a good day and have a safe flight.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right, bud. Later. I got to tell you guys, it's very impressive to me to think that on top of competing against some of the best in the world in the UFC, finding the time to train at such a high level, Elias also finds the time to be involved in all these projects he has going on. Very cool stuff about the last hit movie. I suggest you guys go to the Indiegogo page, make a donation, get involved, and of course, tune into Invicta FC this weekend and see him back in action as the ring card boy, trademark included. But let's keep it moving, guys. Second guest of the evening, coming off an impressive first-round submission victory over a very tough guy in Gerald Harris, Rafael Lovato Jr. Undefeated as a middleweight in MMA, Tons of accolades in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. This was the first time having him on the show. Very cool conversation. It was a pleasure to speak with him. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Rafael Lovato Jr. Penn Nation, please welcome to the show one of the biggest winners from Bellator 198 over the weekend, a BJJ legend who has been taking the MMA world by storm, Rafael Lovato Jr. What's going on, Rafael? How is Chicago treating you, man?
3: Oh, man, it's, uh, it's been amazing, got an incredible trip, and I'm still here enjoying the city and all of its uh, sugary and fatty fruit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you had mentioned that that you'd be teaching in Chicago and enjoying the city, but I've got to ask, man, is that place really as crazy as the media makes it seem?
3: Um, well, you know, I've, I've just been in the city pretty much uh, while we were staying right next to the airport. Um for, for Bellator, so I haven't been in any of the in any of the rough, rough areas uh, right. yet, so it's hard for me to say.
0: Right, well, I'm just saying, like, the media makes it seem like the entire city of Chicago is a war zone, so...
3: No, I don't think so. It, it, <laughs> it's a nice place to me.
0: Good, good, good. One thing is for certain, though, man, you picked the perfect entrance music for your fight. I honestly <laughs> hadn't, heur- I hadn't heard that song in, in many, many years, man. What a throwback.
3: Yeah, you know, um leading up to the fight, I was thinking, man, you know, I'd really like to come out to, you know, a Chicago rapper, um, you know, because I'm, I'm a big hip-hop head, uh, and and so I wanted to, to come out to something to represent Chicago and show, show Chicago some love, and Twista is, is by far uh, my favorite Chicago rapper, you know, um, and that, that album is, like, one of my all-time favorites. I listen to that so much, that, that whole album and so uh it is pretty funny because i wasn't sure how that was going to go over because that song is a little a little hardcore and yeah. not really know if, if people were really would would know that much about twisted because it's not that that famous um compared to like common or Kanye or lupe fiasco or something like that right but uh but so far uh, many people have told me how much they love that i came out with that song so I
0: yeah, very cool stuff. And honestly, for me, I, I it took me a minute. I'm like, how where do I know this song? And then all of a sudden, I heard him. I was like, wow, doesn't get much better than that. But uh, <laughs> let talk to us about the win, though. I mean, obviously, great entrance led to a great performance, dominant showing over the over a really tough guy. How happy? How happy were you uh, with the submission over a guy like Gerald Harris?
3: Um, man, I was really happy. Uh, of course, anytime you can get the victory and come out unscathed, um, you know, no injuries, no bruises, nothing. Um, you know, you're always a little extra happy, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was, weird because, you know, you train for two months and, you know, you're, you're like prepared for war. And I had all these things that I've been trained that I was excited to show, um, inside the cage. And then, you know, I didn't. I didn't really have to do any of it. Um, you know, the, the the flying knee was definitely something that I did train uh, and and wanted to use against him, and um, you know that led to me losing my balance, and then the next thing you know, he was in my guard. And so, um, you know, obviously I, I didn't expect to to win off my back, but because he engaged and gave me the opportunity, I, I wanted to take advantage. Um, you know, I was I was definitely careful down there to not give him an opportunity to, to slam me um so I tried to control his posture really good and I knew that the a tr- doing a triangle probably wouldn't be the, the ideal way to catch him um you know just because he is so strong and it gives him a little more chance to slam and so you know I kind of created an angle and, and used some elbows to uh give him some trouble there and, and led to me setting up the arm, and, you know, it just worked out perfectly. You know, he's had 30 fights. He's fought some really good guys. He's never been submitted. So, um, you know, being able to get a submission win over him was was definitely, uh, you know, a, a really good feeling. But, uh, you know, one more time, you know, I give Gerald so much respect and thank him so much for stepping up and allowing me to, to stay on the card and still fight and, and fight a, a great quality guy as well. I mean, Gerald is... He's, uh, you know, a little more towards the end of his career, but he's been out there with the best. He's definitely not against fighting, but
0: oh, definitely, <clears throat> you know. And you kind of answered some of the questions I was going to ask you there. Obviously, him agreeing to take this fight on short notice at the catch weight, uh, very good for you for to be able to stay on this card. And the Bellator was able to find the replacement. Uh, you mentioned the concern of the slam there, avoiding a triangle exactly for that reason. But were you surprised that he decided to play with you on the ground?
3: um you know yes and no uh you know like I said he, he's been in there with other world championship two guys before um he's fought ACC guys before uh, so you know it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing down there on the ground um so I think maybe he was thinking that he maybe could get a chance to slam him or just you know score some points and control the top position um you know it, it didn't it didn't surprise me necessarily, but it also did surprise me.
2: <laughs> I right. guess, uh,
3: you know, uh, I, I can see his mindset, but at the same time, you know, he, he played with fire a little bit and it didn't go that well for, for him. So, um, but, you know, I was ready for, for the fight anywhere it could go. And, uh, you know, it just worked out in my favor.
0: Right, and you talked about it earlier. One of those things where you wanted to showcase everything you'd been working on, but at the same time, nothing—nothing's better than a first-round finish and you know submission. Something, something that that is totally your wheelhouse. Uh, that that still has to feel pretty good, regardless of not being able to show off those skills you've been working on.
3: Oh yeah, 100. percent Because you know, for me, uh, you know, I'm a martial artist, but Obviously, my whole life has been dedicated to jiu and so being able to show my my primary passion on that level, and, you know, I'm also happy with the fact that it was, you know, a, a pretty submission. You know, it was yeah. uh, very, very technical, and you can see, you know, it's, it's more unique, and uh, I'm happy that I could show something beautiful uh, that everyone can appreciate, you know. Um, whether they're, they're knockout fans or, or you know, if they're from Jiu-Jitsu or not from Jiu-Jitsu, I think everyone can appreciate the skill and the beauty of what I did. So um, that makes me the most happy.
0: For sure, man. There was a lot of beautiful submissions on the card, of course, yours included. But uh, were, were you at all surprised at the outcome of the main event? For me, I was kind of thinking, man, it would be great if this whole card was finished with submissions.
3: Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought – there was a good chance that there would be some some ground fighting in the uh Fedor Frank fight. Um uh but you know, they're heavyweights <laughs> and, right and when when they swing, I mean someone goes down. So um when when I saw the way they were mixing it up early on I, I knew, oh man, this isn't gonna last very long. Um but that was a, a really nice uh uh throw that Fedor did. Um you know, to kind of regain composure after that initial initial uh, little onslaught by, by Mir. Um, so, I mean, there was a lot of technique still being shown in that fight, even though they were, you know, kind of swinging for the fences a little bit. There was some, some good technique in there. And Fedor really set him up well um, with the knockout shots. So, uh, I, I just think overall it was just a great night of martial arts. I mean, it was just so much good skill. And, uh, you know... Um, the different finishes and, and a little bit of everything. So it was really nice.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And for a guy that is so proficient in the BJJ world and accomplished everything that you have, uh, give us your take on not so much the guy outside of the cage, but the guy inside the cage in Dylan Dennis.
3: Well, I mean, inside the cage, he, he was inside the cage. You know, that's number one. So, first and foremost, everyone can have whatever you want to say. But if you're, if you're not fighting, if you've never fought before, you don't know what it's like to be in there. So, right. you know, uh, get, anyone that gets in there already has my respect. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily put any extra pressure <laughs> on myself the way that he does, you know, by yeah. talking so much. But uh, but it is what it is. He backed it up and he got in
2: there and
3: he did it. And, uh, you know, uh, there's definitely – it's definitely a different game. Like, you know, it, it, it's – You know, it's 100% different once those cage doors are locked. Um, No matter what sport you're from, what what your background is, you know, just because you're a great striker, a great jiu-jitsu guy, a great wrestler, whatever, uh, it doesn't matter. You know, you have to be great at everything. You have to be great at putting it together. And so, you know, there's going to be a a bit of a learning curve um, as his competition, uh, you know, the, the opponent... Uh, level of his competition uh, rises, you know, he's going to have to strike more and, and, you know, show other skills, so um, you know, it was a good debut but uh, definitely a lot a lot of room to grow and, and uh, take it one step at a time, that's, that's what I would suggest
0: of, I'll of, take it little by little. of course, of course and, and you're, you're a guy who speaks from experience so uh, hopefully he listens to that but with this win, you improved to 8-0, and finishing 7 out of those 8 opponents. Uh, for a guy who's only been competing in MMA for 4 years, man, you've got to be pretty satisfied with how things are going so far.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very happy. Um, you know, uh, basically, you know, I mean, I'm doing exactly what I set out to do. You know, uh, get that legacy title first and get to a big show. And, and uh, you know, I'm working my way up and... You know, in training, like you, you're, you're only seeing a very small fraction of, of what I'm doing in training and, and how much better I'm really am getting. Um, so, uh, you know, I feel like everything is is really just starting now, and I know it's only going to get harder. The, the competition's going to get tougher, but um, you know, I feel ready for that. I, I feel ready to, um, you know, t- keep taking those next steps, like what I've been doing, and and hopefully go for that title before the year's over.
0: Yeah, you, you proceeded to call out, uh, or call for the next title shot, rather, face the winner of uh, Rafael Cavarlo and uh, Gegard Mousasi. Um and at this point, there isn't much more of a deserving guy, right?
3: Well, I think it's either going to be me or Salter, you know, I mean, Salter's 5-0 in Bellator, I'm 4-0 now, um, you know, we were supposed to fight each other to determine the number one contender spot, so... Um, it's not like I'm calling anyone out. It's just like, like I said, I want to keep climbing. And I think the only two things that make sense are, are either I fight Salter um, or I fight for the, for the belt. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes in May. Uh, I know Salter has to have an eye surgery. Uh, that's why we weren't able to fight. Um, and so, you know, we'll see what happens with Carvalho and sassi this month and uh, what Bellator wants to do. But I think that's really all that makes sense. You know, either we fight each other or, you know, I, I fight for the title.
0: So and then, regardless,
3: and then, and then we fight after that, you know. But I think it's only a matter of time until I fight, you know, Salter. We end up fighting for sure.
0: Okay. So regardless, regardless of timetable or anything like that, for you at this point, it, it only Salter or the title shot. But regardless, if you have to wait for Salter, you're down to do that as well.
3: Yes, hundred percent.
0: Now I know you said that you felt. Uh Rafael would, would be able to beat Gegard. Um, obviously, you're a guy who speaks from experience when it comes to grappling and even in MMA as well. But, but what are you seeing that makes you so, maybe not confident, but uh, want to lean towards uh, Rafael instead of Gegard?
3: Um, you know, maybe just the the, tra- the tra- trajectory that they're on right now um, and, you know, just knowing how good Carvalho's stand-up is um you know, I think uh I think he's a little more dangerous. Um you know, Musashi might have more overall skills, but I think uh Carvalho has a bigger uh advantage in, in one skill and that's the stand up game. So um that's that's what I think, you know, but I mean it wouldn't surprise me if Musasi wins they're, they're very closely matched. Um, both really great martial artists. Uh, I just, I'm just kind of feeling like it's, it's Carvalho's title.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Now, given the choice, which guy would you prefer to fight for the belt?
3: Oh man, it, it really doesn't matter to me. Um, I'm not big on, on calling people out or, or, you know, just saying anybody, oh, I really want to fight that guy in this guy. Right. I right. just, I, I want to do whatever it takes to get the belt. So it doesn't really matter to me. Um, you know, uh, fighting Masasi would definitely be uh, kind of like a special thing for me because I've been watching him for so long he's been, you know, arguably top 10 uh, middleweight for a decade, you know, so um, it, that would be a, a really cool thing to, to step in the cage with him, but, um, you know, for me, it, 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 you know, it's not about the person, it's the it, for me, it's just a challenge and uh, solidifying myself as, um, you know, a world champion.
0: Yeah, no, I, t- I totally understand. I-, I was just wondering maybe regards to matchup, you know, which guy you would prefer uh, as far as testing yourself goes. But, I mean, fair enough of an answer. I think that you're absolutely correct. And, and Gegard has been, like you said, a-, a top-ranked guy for such a long time and fought all over the world. He, he would be a great matchup for you. Uh, But either way, obviously the the, the title is the goal. I'm wondering, has Bellator spoke with you about what's next and and, and what kind of a timetable are you looking at to maybe have something announced or or a contract signed?
3: Um, No, we haven't talked yet. Um, You know, I think a lot of what's going to happen next with me is going to depend on how their fight goes. Um, So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if I didn't really hear anything for, for a little while. Um, because, I mean, like I said, the only two things that make sense is a, is a Salter fight or a title fight, and Salter has to have eye surgery. I think he's going to need a few months, um, you know, uh, and, and the title fight is at the end of the month, and we're going to see how that goes, who wins, and how much time they're going to need to recover. Um, you know, so for me, it's fine. Uh, you know, I had three fights last year. Um, I just got done with a two, two-month camp and just fought, literally, so... Right now, I'm, I'm, you know, still enjoying Chicago, and kind of just recovering, and, uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll get back into training, and, and, you know, I'll be ready for whatever, whatever they say, you know. Uh, it's
0: uh. Right, right, right. No, I I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I mean, at this point, you're coming off of an incredible win relish in that victory and and, and and enjoy that time that you have off for the time being and when the task comes for you to finally get that that uh, that title shot or the title eliminator uh, you'll worry about that bridge when, when it when it comes up but um, so uh, so much of your success stems from the legendary grappling career uh, but that being said I, I wanted to pick your brain on a few things uh, first of all do you think that submission only is the future of sport jujitsu?
3: Uh, No, not really. Um, I don't think there's any particular one format that's going to be the exact future, you know, Um, you know, and it depends on what you're what you're like talking about specifically as far as the sport. Do you mean on a professional level or just, you know, uh, the sport itself for for everybody? You know, for, for kids, for for the recreational True. competitors, you know. True. Um, and, and basically, I mean, there's always going to be people that prefer one or the other. You know, as far as points, no points, time limit, no time limit. You know, submission only, like all that stuff. I think uh, I think each one of them gives the competitor, you know, the the, the practitioner different elements to help them um, you know, learn more about their game and their jiu-jitsu and, and, and what jiu-jitsu is all about, you know um, and so uh, I'm always a fan of competing in all different types of formats, I mean you see in my career, i competed in every jujitsu competition that, that there has ever been um, pretty much in every different world format and and now in the May, like, uh, I think, you know, you got to do it all as much as you can. So, um, but I, I, I'm happy to see that on the professional level that there's so many different events popping up now um, that are treating athletes well and they each have their own, their own uh, format and, uh, you know, they're all having their own bit of success inside of it. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, what, what's exciting for the fans is really going to, come, going to come down to the, the people involved, you know. Um, I don't think there's any perfect rule format that's always going to make the matches exciting. At the end of the day, if someone really wants to stall or figure out a way to use the rules to their advantage, they're going to. Uh, but if you got two guys in there that really want to go after each other, it doesn't matter what rule format they're in, it's always going to be exciting. So for the most part, it, it basically just comes down to the people are really just sort of, you know, uh, just a variable. You know, they don't make or break the matches. I,
0: see. I think I get what you're saying here. I mean, you you would say that there's room for everybody, regardless of, uh, you know, rule set or format, anything like that. And I agree with you 100% in saying that the more opportunity for professional BJJ practitioners, the better for everyone. So um, Yeah, for sure. Very cool to see all these things popping up. And uh, one more off-topic question about grappling. In your opinion, who has the best BJJ in mixed martial arts, and uh, why are you not a guy that's in that conversation?
3: Um. Well, I mean, there's so, like, there's different ways to judge or view who has the best jiu-jitsu in mixed martial arts, I guess. You know, yeah. I mean, there are people that have great jiu-jitsu that don't even necessarily come from a jiu-jitsu background. You see someone like B, uh, who's more of a, you know, a Sambo guy, and he's not necessarily finishing everybody with with a, you know, a variety of submissions, but he is, you know, doing a lot of damage, and he's, you know, playing the game of, of hitting and not getting hit, you know, which is – I feel like sort of the essence of the jiu-jitsu mindset, you know, you take someone down, um, you put them in your world where you can control them. You, know, you can hit them they can't hit you. Um, and he's, you know, an expert at that. So, um, but he's not finishing people, you know? Uh, so I mean, he does, but not like at a super high rate, you know, and yeah. the submissions are, are fairly, are fairly simple. But, um, you know, he was someone that, that I would say has great Jiu-Jitsu, you know, for MMA. Um, but, you know, then you got guys like Danny and Maya who are super pure purists uh, as far as Jiu-Jitsu goes. He's, he's okay with pulling guard, using his guard, um, you know, and uh, he has extremely high submission rate, you know. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I think there's, you know, so much great Jiu-Jitsu in MMA days um, you know Mighty mouse doing that that suplex to arm bar I mean how incredible was that you know? right I, I, I think I think there's a lot of good shit out there um, so it's hard to say you know who's the best necessarily but I, I definitely feel like I've you know I've earned uh, my, my spot at being in that conversation um, you know I haven't had that many fights yet but uh, whenever I you know, do get it to the ground, I, I generally uh, am able to finish every time um, and usually it doesn't take that long, so um, you know, uh, I'll just keep fighting better competition and, and keep showing all my skills, you know, it, it's not even that big of a deal to me to to be the number one jiu-jitsu guy in MMA like, of course, if I can take him down and finish him, I will, but it doesn't mean I also don't want to, like, show all my skills you know, I just want to be a great martial artist, if I can kick someone in the head, knock them out or knee them or punch them or elbow, whatever, like, you know, whatever allows me to win in the most efficient way possible. You know, I want to be complete. The more, the more they're afraid of my stand up, the more it's going to open up my ground and and vice versa. So, um, that's what I'm really trying to embody is, is just, you know, being as dangerous as possible and, you know, hit and not get hit. That's, that's what I think it's all about.
0: Well, I'll tell you what—that was a that—that's a candid and, and honest answer, man. Uh, first of all, just just uh, saying, you know, Khabib uh, putting him in in that category of BJJ, maybe not so much for submissions like you're talking about, but control. Uh, very interesting stuff, and I and I certainly think that you should be in that conversation. Uh, personally, your record speaks for itself. Uh, so, hopefully, moving forward. You'll get that kind of recognition that that you are very much so deserving of in mixed martial arts. But looking forward now, the belt is the immediate goal. Uh, what are the, your long term goals in mixed martial arts?
3: Um, you know, I want to get the belt, keep the belt. Uh, you know, um, and basically just, you know, I, I, everyone knows I'm, I'm a little older. You know, people talk about that. Um, and uh, you know, I don't have like. Like a 10 year, uh, another 10 years of of mixed martial arts. You know, um, I'm, I'm soon to be 35, not 25. So, um, you know, uh, right now I just want to focus on getting the belt and uh, defending it, um, and you know, being the belt Bellator so champion and and stay there as long as I can. And whenever I feel like, all right, you know, I've done my thing and, and you know, not just YouTube, but mixed martial arts. I've made my Mars. I've uh, competed at the highest level. And, and uh, you know, when I'm ready to, you know, hang up the gloves, then I will. And then I'll just basically put the gear back on 24-7. And, you know, compete in all the, all the tournaments that I grew up doing. And I'll just do it in the Masters Division. And I'll probably keep competing until I'm in a wheelchair. So <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll never stop. Uh, competing and doing shih and martial arts in general, but um, right now I just, you know, I want to be the world champion. I want to be the guy that everyone is excited to see in Bellator uh, you know, and show something beautiful every time and just you know, keep doing what I love and and experiencing these amazing moments Um, and when I feel like my body's had enough or I'm not motivated anymore you know, then I'll, I'll get a to the next stage, but I don't know how long that's going to be right now. I feel like I'm in my prime, physically, technically, um, you know, mentally, in my, in my life. Everything is in a really great place. I'm very happy doing what I'm doing, so I definitely think I have a few really good years ahead of me right now, and I'm just going to make the most of it.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, you hear a lot of guys talk about how martial arts is a job for them. It's a business. Martial arts is certainly a way of life and a lifestyle for you.
3: Yes, it is. I'm I'm so blessed and thankful that my dad, you know, gave me this this life and uh, showed me and taught me what it means to be a martial artist. And um, I'm basically just following his footsteps and, and
0: uh, Absolutely.
3: what what I felt like I was meant to do. And uh, you know, I couldn't I
0: couldn't ask for for a better life. So I'm I'm, I'm loving everything it. Well, listen, uh, Rafael, you've been more than generous with your time. I know we went over a little bit here. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. Uh, first time having you on the show. It's been a pleasure. I hope to have you on again soon. But in conclusion, man, tell all the fans out there what they can expect in your next fight. Will you be the champion before the end of the year? And how can everybody get in touch with you? And uh, feel free to get in any shout-outs that, that you'd like to or sponsor plugs.
3: Sure. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I want to thank uh, all the fans, especially the fans here in Chicago, for, for treating us so well. It was an amazing show. Um, you know, everyone sent me so much love, so many messages and, and comments and, and everything I've seen pictures of watch parties that people had all over the world um, to, to, to see me fight. So um, I just you know really appreciate the support out there. and uh, and you know as far as my sponsors, I want to thank uh, War Tra Gear on it, natural natives, uh, you know all my, my team, my coaches, my teachers. Um, you know, Kibiru at blue Ebulusan Thai, my students in Oklahoma City, uh, you know, just the whole, the whole family, you know. Uh, also, um, you know, uh, definitely just want to thank you guys for having me on. You know, DJ was, a, was an idol of mine and uh, he was the one, I watched him win the world championships in 2000 in Brazil. I was, you know, 17 years old and he inspired me to be, uh, you know, the next American black belt war champion and, and, uh, just inspired through martial arts in general, seeing the fight and everything he's done. So it's an honor to be on your show. Um, and, uh, as far as what's next, I mean, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, uh, you know, I'm ready for everything. Uh, who knows? Maybe the next thing i do is just do a or grappling match, um, in between, uh, these fights. But, uh, you know, my focus right now is just getting my belt to a belt and, uh, all everyone all anyone can expect from me is just that i'm gonna you know work as hard as i possibly can and give my all to to achieve my goals and, and that's it you know i i don't know what's gonna happen for sure but i i know that i believe on my path and, and uh, i'm just i'm all in that's it i'm going for it
0: well listen i'll tell you man um an absolute pleasure and honor to speak with you too man i, I know that uh BJ Bj affects a lot of lives, touches a lot of lives in this sport and in, in, in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and a uh, very lovable guy. And it it's uh, always an honor for me to be able to speak to guys like yourself and, and many others uh, under this umbrella of his name. Uh, again, it, it's an honor to speak with you as well, man. So anytime you want to come back on the show, feel free to reach out. I'll definitely hit you up again uh, once something gets closer to maybe announced or announced for that matter. And I hope you have a great seminar. Much love, man, and uh, greatly appreciate the time tonight.
3: Thanks, Jason. Take care, man. I look forward to talking to you again next time.
0: All right, bud. Later. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Rafael. Again, first time having him on the show. Pleasure to speak with him. Very cool guy all that he's been able to accomplish in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and seeing what he's accomplishing now in mixed martial arts, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats, in my opinion, if he can keep this up. 34 years of age, as you heard him talk about there. I think that he still has a ton left to do, a lot more to accomplish. And if you're like me, you certainly enjoy watching him compete. So, again, pleasure to speak with Rafael. But now we move forward, we march on. BJPenn.com, Radio the Fighter's Voice. Our third guest of the evening... UFC light heavyweight prospect, Dominic Reyes. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show undefeated light heavyweight prospect and a guy who I really enjoyed speaking with the last time we had him on uh, BJPenn.com radio, the devastator, Dominic Reyes. What's up, Dom? How was life over at Cobra Kai today, man?
4: (laughs) Hey, Jason. How's it going, man? Life is great, man. Uh, I got a fight booked and coming up in a couple weeks and I can't wait to uh, show out again for the world.
0: For sure. For sure. Much to discuss in that regard. But of course, first off, I got to ask you, how is Joe Daddy doing?
4: Oh, Joe Daddy's doing great, man.
0: Happy, healthy. It's all good. Very good. Glad to hear it. So let's waste no time. Last time we spoke, uh, you were hoping to have a fight booked as soon as possible. The news broke that uh, you'd be fighting Jared Cannonier May 19th, at UFC Chile. Uh, how excited are you for this matchup, and how has training camp been so far?
4: Oh, I'm super excited for the matchup. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a, maybe, possibly one for the for the books, man. It, it could be a, a fight of the night, maybe fight of the year. Um, if not, maybe knockout of the night or submission of the night. So It's going to be a fun fight. I'm excited for the challenge. He's super tough. He's a veteran, you know, and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think training camp's gone really well. Um, it's been about seven weeks, um, and everything's lining up just just the way it's supposed to. I feel good. My body's right where it needs to be. My timing and my, my uh, reactions are right on point, so I'm excited about it.
0: Good, man. Good. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that you had told me the last time we had you on that you had just started doing strength and conditioning. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, so w- without having done any of that in the past and looking as good as you did, tell us, man, how beneficial has it been, and are you seeing that translate into your sparring and your training?
4: Yeah, it's been extremely beneficial. I'm, I'm uh, kind of leaning out but getting a lot stronger, so it's it's the best of both worlds there. Um, I, I've noticed it a lot in my sparring and my body control and everything. Um, I'm way more balanced, and when I throw strikes, it's – pretty effortless so i'm noticing and i like it i feel the power
0: (laughs) (laughs) hercules over here all right cool um so listen i know you talked about cannoneer there a bit you know saying he's a tough guy but how do you think you guys match up stylistically
4: i feel like we have similar styles uh we like to uh, stand and trade um he really loves to stand and trade you know that's kind of his mo. that's what he does um and he's kind of he's made a name for himself in that regard so it would be it'd be I think it's going to be a nice challenge to go up against him um I feel like I'm better on the ground uh, I feel like I'm a more well-rounded martial artist but you know he's evolving at the lab and as am I so we'll see we'll see how it goes
0: Now he's fought some of the top guys in the division as you, as you said he's built a bit of a name for himself. Do you think this is a good fight as a as a measuring stick for where you stack up in the division?
4: Oh absolutely I feel like it's perfect at this time of my career. Um, it it's right hits hits the ham hits a nail right on the head for what I need next in my career and it's you know someone like Jared who is accomplished and he's tough and uh, he's, he's 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 no slouch by any means so I think it's it's perfect and I'm I'm excited yeah
0: also last time we we spoke you talked about you know wisely deciding to move up at the right pace, not rush into fighting the elite at 205, you know, having a guy like Joe Daddy in your corner, kind of guiding you along, making the right career choices. Uh, However, I'm wondering, is a ranked guy the next step for you, assuming you get past Jared?
4: Oh, absolutely. I feel like, um, yeah, an impressive performance in this fight will put me in the rankings for sure. So being ranked myself, I mean, a a ranked guy would be, the next step because jared was in the rankings when when i took this fight he was number 15 so he was i was he was supposed to be my first ranked opponent but they dropped him out um so either way i'm, I'm just going up from here
0: right so at the yeah i, I know it I, I was thinking that too because i actually looked when i was uh preparing to, to talk with you earlier and i was i thought jared jared cannon was ranked but I mean, it moves around, it shifts so quickly, and a lot of it doesn't make any sense to begin with, so...
4: (laughs) It is what it is. (laughs) Right, right.
0: So, this is going to be the UFC's first trip to Chile. Tell us about being a part of that card, or are you excited to go down there and compete for those fans?
4: Yeah, I mean, being a part of history, you know, first time ever in Chile, it's huge, man. I'm I'm really excited about it. The fans, they seem very excited about it as well. Um, Bringing it to a new audience... and and i hear santiago is a beautiful city so i'm really excited to you know check it out and see the world and you know do the international fighter thing
0: now is is that the game plan for you uh when when you go to you know maybe not a game plan for fighting but when you go to a new city or a a place like that do you try to take in as much of the culture as possible you know i hear a lot of guys are you know kind of a a recluse like they want to stick stay focused to the training and and, uh, you know, focused on cutting the weight, but it sounds like you like to go out and experience the culture, explore a bit.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's a time and a place. I mean, there's a couple, we have a couple of days, you know, to where we don't really have many obligations. My weight is right on point, so I'm not really stressing about that. Um, so it affords me the opportunity to be able to go and, you know, check out the local culture and, and see what it has to offer, you know. I'm not, I'm, I might not, I might go back, but I might not. You know, you 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 don't really know. But I'm gonna be there, May May 13th through the 19th. So might as well, at least devote a day or or day and a half to checking out the local culture and you know, expanding right. my horizons.
0: Right. And li- and like you said, you might go back, you might not. You're never gonna know until you actually go out there and see it. So. Absolutely. So bummer about the main event being pulled from that card. I, I would imagine that you were gonna be watching that fight very closely.
4: Yeah, that 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 was gonna be a heck of a fight, man. I was excited for that. Um but, you know, Maya's if if Usman and and if Usman could beat Maya on the ground, then Usman, you know, he's tops at that point in my mind. He's he's very, very accomplished in wrestling. So I'm I'm looking forward to the wrestler versus jujitsu matchup for the main event but you never know they might end up just throwing hands so we'll see
0: i know we we've... That's usually
4: what happens right with two ground guys
0: they right end up just we've seen that happen a lot it just kind of cancels itself out and they end up in a fist fight
4: yeah or you know maybe my fight you know we two two strikers and might end up in a grappling match so <laughs> you never know you never right. know which way it's gonna go until you're there
0: absolutely absolutely uh it was one of those. I'm wondering though, if one of those guys had pulled out from an injury, would that have been a fight that you would have offered to step in for? Uh, uh welterweight? No, no, no. I'm sorry. If, if, if with Shogun and and Volkan, if that stayed oh. on the card, you know, if one of those guys had pulled out, would you have put your name in the hat to 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 step in on short notice?
4: I mean, I'm there. <laughs> Might as well. But. Uh... <laughs> No, actually, I'm, I'm the matchup I have and the, what I got going on is outside the realm of anybody else's, you know, and I'm handling my business with what I got in front of me, and I, I'm going to be there eventually, so True. either way, I'll True. be there.
0: All in good time, my friend, all in good time. Yes. Now, talking uh, about the division here, I'm wondering, who do you have in the uh, title shot for, for D.C.? Do, do you think he's going to be able to win against Stipey?
4: I don't know man. That's I, I got Stepe. I think uh I think he's just a little bit more diverse. He's a little longer. Um I think can can uh, Cormier's wrestling, I'll say in here. Cormier's wrestling is, is is very you know it might be the X factor in this, but I don't know. they they're two kind of, they're kinda of similar the way they, they fight, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if the the baddest man on the planet could retain his uh, title.
0: Oh yeah, right. Or if there's a new baddest man on the planet. Exactly. But <laughs> it, it, when you look at the situation for what this does to the title, you know who do you think should should get that title shot when DC comes back to two
4: hundred five? I don't. I don't even know. The division's kind of crazy right now. Um. So who do we got at, at two? Th- I think Alex. Of course, Alex.
0: Yeah, well that's what everybody would hope for, but it seems like uh, in re- recently not only has John Jones been going after Alex, but it, DC and John Jones have kind of teamed up and you know, <laughs> shitting on Alex unfortunately, you know, saying he's he's not deserving of a of of another shot, but we'll see what happens. I, I I
4: Yeah, I mean, I think if any anyone in the world it's Alex. I mean, he deserves that rematch. You know, he's he's worked his way back up to it. It's not like it's an immediate rematch, you know. He's earned it. He went out and demolished Glover, you know. I mean, people can say whatever they want. Jones can say whatever he wants. uh, Cormier can say whatever he wants, but Alex deserves it, and uh, we'll see.
0: Yeah, it doesn't get much more dominant than that, man, that's for sure. Those uppercuts were brutal. Yeah.
4: Was (laughs) it five or six in a row? That was was pretty cool. I know, something out of a
0: video game. (laughs) Yeah. X,
4: X, 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 X,
0: (laughs) Right. Hey, speaking of the video game, man, are are you in the new game?
4: No, man. Freaking ridiculous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you. I agree with you. That's like
4: the biggest dream as a kid, to be in a video game, you know, that you don't have to create yourself. Right. And again, the UFC, get a couple wins still not in the game but in time you know i guess in time just like anything else you got to earn your stripes and get in but hey couple a co- couple
0: more fights you'll be the most highly sought after downloadable content that's for damn sure there we go <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of which getting back to your own career assuming you come out of chile no injuries how quickly would you like to turn around and get back in there
4: I'd i'd like to fight in august um at Staples center hometown fight that would be that'd be huge for me
0: Okay, cool. Staples Center in August. I agree that would be a reasonable amount of time. So considering that, coming back in August, I think you get another one in before the end of the year or two more. How many times do you want to compete in 2018?
4: I'd like to compete three times, so August and then maybe November or December.
0: Okay, perfect, perfect. All right, man, listen, as always, you've been more the generous with your time. It, always a pleasure to speak with you as well. I know this one's a little bit shorter for – sake of my own time, I gotta keep it moving here, but um, always a pleasure, hopefully we can have you on again soon, in conclusion tell everybody how you visualize this fight playing out, does Dominic Reyes break into the top 10 before the end of 2018?
4: Yeah, that's the goal, I mean top 10 before the end of 2018 finish the year strong, but I gotta take care of Jared first, you know Um, I'm visualizing just a win, man, hand raised, That's that's all I care about that's all that really matters, so Hand raise, a finish, you know, that's my goal always, but you never know with the guy you're fighting, he might be able to take it all, so we'll see, um, and yeah, man, thank you for having me on the show, um, everybody, May 19th, check it out, it's gonna be a banger, so you guys wanna you guys aren't gonna wanna miss it, we're the biggest guys on the card, we throw the most leather, um, and, uh team
0: race <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely man i think anybody that hasn't warmed up to you yet and that follows this sport they will soon and uh may 19th is just another opportunity for uh you to show the world what you're all about and that you belong in the top of the division uh again pleasure to speak with you man we'll have you back on again soon kick some ass may 19th and uh you have a great day bro
4: thanks man i really appreciate it all right have bro. a good
0: day Like I said in the beginning of the show, I would have enjoyed speaking to Dominic a little bit longer, but I was very pressed for time. I was doing all these interviews back to back to back. So unfortunately, we didn't get to chat for as much as we could have, but nonetheless, great conversation with Dominic. Certainly looking forward to this fight with Jared Cannonier, and him breaking into that, that top 15, top 10 moving forward in 2018. However, as Dominic looks to move forward, so shall we. Up next, our fourth guest of the evening, coming off a sensational knockout victory at UFC Glendale, the incredibly talented lightweight himself, Gilbert Burns. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Up next, guys, Gilbert Burns. All right, guys and gals, please welcome back to the show UFC lightweight and a man coming off two very impressive knockout wins, Gilbert Burns. What's going on, Gilbert? How is life in Florida today?
5: No, been good, been good. Uh, just kind of coming back to training slowly, taking my time a little bit. But all good here, taking taking care of the family a little bit.
0: But yeah, right, summer's coming quick, man. Um, when we were trying to line up this interview, you had mentioned that uh, you were going to Guam. What what were you up to over there?
5: So I I still doing a lot of things with the jitsu, you know, still teaching, and uh, I got an invitation to fight uh called Mariana's open was a jiu jitsu tournament at Guam. So I just met place and you know they, 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 they hooked me up with the ticket to the hotel in last place. So just I just hope I didn't get hurt on the fight. If all all was good, I was going with my wife so I I knocked the guy out so after three days we, we went to that trip to Guam. I ended up competing you know, it was zero zero on an advantage. They give to the, the Japanese, halfway give to the Japanese guy. But I had an awesome time. It was, it was great to be there with my wife. Bro, we get a we get a nice time there. Beautiful place.
0: Uh, th- that's a shame, huh? You see that a lot in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. There's, there's some bias depending on, uh, you know, who who the referee is is going for.
5: I thought I won the fight. You, you never everybody, me. how come? I thought that was that last I thought I did a couple. I almost capitalized a couple of takedowns. I was kind of just just stalling. I, I don't get it. You know, these guys train so hard to to go to a tournament to compete, and they don't don't want to fight. They just they just they just stall. I don't I I don't get it. You know, I don't I don't know what the guys doing. They train so hard. They go even jujitsu, especially more. And then I made that Sometimes the guy go go there.
0: <laughs> uh, it's a confusing world we live in, man. That's for sure. Uh, but listen, it's, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. Much to discuss as you, as usual. But let's let's start with the KO win at UFC Glendale a couple weeks ago. Another killer finish for you. How happy were you with your performance?
5: Yeah, bro. Super happy, especially the, the outcome. Uh, I supposed fight on the Florida against Odiseo Bumeris, and the commission, the UFC, canceled the fight. They said it was too heavy. Uh, and then they give him another fight, it's supposed to be Lando Vanata. I was training for these guys, so I just finished one camp, did a fight, but just started another camp, and then Lando Vanata, I think, three weeks before the fight, I don't know what happened, he pulled out, like, three to four weeks, and the UFC was looking for replacement, No one, nobody want to get this fight. And, bro, I don't know, we kept training. I don't know if I'm going to have a fight or not, but you'll see, give him a word. So, bro, it was a little hard to keep training without knowing if I'm going to fight enough, if I had a point or, or not. So I just keep pushing. Like, thank God they hired a new guy, uh, damn I kind of saw the guy fighting before a little bit, you know, like, and, bro, thank God it did, it did good. It did I was coming so hungry for that fight, I don't, I get to a point that I said, bro, I don't care, you know, just put someone in there, bro, I'm ready to go, I don't care if a new guy, old guy, I don't care if a wrestler is a striker, just put someone over there, and that happens, and I was ready to, I was capable to, to knock him out in the second round, I was very happy with my performance.
0: Right, well, I can only, I can only imagine how frustrating that is when you're preparing for a fight in a specific location, then they send it somewhere else, the, the, the fighter pulls out and then there's all that uncertainty of you might not even be able to fight so it was a good thing that they were able to make something happen, you went out there, had a great performance, and honestly man, props to you on the walk off there at the end you know, not dealing any unnecessary damage to Dan, I, I give you a lot of props for that
5: yeah, no, for sure, I think I don't even see that that is so much a thing of there, you know and, and man, the guy's Guy's out. What? I don't. I don't even take a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of respect on that. He's long You just do it, bro. Guy's done. What? Why should I do any more damage? You know, might be me in the future. You know, like getting north out. Please don't.
2: Right.
5: Don't, don't give more damage. You know, just I think just regular sportsmanship. Like, you know, nothing, nothing more than that. I don't think I need it, so I don't do it.
0: Right. Right. Well, it's just one of those things that you see, man. Sometimes guys will clearly have somebody completely flatlined, and then they still jump in with more punches. It just seems so unnecessary to me. But uh, that makes two knockouts in a row for you, and and for a guy who's well known for his jujitsu skills, I think we're finally seeing you fighting at your best in there. Do you feel like you're finally coming into your own in mixed martial arts right now?
5: Yeah, I think. To be honest, I think I still, I, I still have a lot to improve, you know. I think I'm getting better, but I still can see a lot of rooms. you know. Like, I, I can't get better, and I'm just putting a lot of work. I focus a lot on my striking, especially on my boxing, and then I feel the... Since I started, the coaches always said, bro, you hit hard, bro. You need to get better in your technique. And after that, finally, my, my last loss... I change a lot of things on my camp, you know, I change, like, I put a mental coach into my camp, I change my conditioning coach, I start doing more boxing, I I I drive all the way to Miami to train, like, Cyborg, and you know, vaginal Rush, a lot of guys, I'm doing my conditioning with JC Santana, you know, um man, I start being, I think I, I'm being more professional right now, and I see, bro, I still have a lot of room to improve, I think I'm getting there, but I, I think it's, every fight, gonna, I'm going gonna to bring something new. You know, I still have a lot of good kicks, a lot of good knees, great take downs, good jujitsu. Getting better on my hands. I think that's, that's just the beginning. You know.
0: Absolutely. You know, you're talking about the development of your striking there, but you've always carried that power. And, and it seems to me like now you're at the point where all you have to do is land a clean one with good technique, like you were talking about, and any one of these guys is going to be in trouble.
5: For sure, I believe in that too. And then I'm putting a lot of work in that. Even when I was, one of the fights that I lost, like even with Perez, I still knocked him down the first round. Like, I didn't capitalize. I didn't believe it so much on my striking, but as soon as I hit, he was down. My fight with the Cowboy Levelle too, with the likes of LeVere, I hit him a couple of times that I saw it. He didn't like it too. So it's just, it's just about technique for sure. But it's about to get that confidence, you know, and then that confidence was coming. he's coming, you know. A lot of good training partners that I have, and since I started knocking people out on training with the big gloves, that what well, brought my confidence high to you know. Like, man, I'm knocking these guys out with the big gloves. Uh, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's you. <give, laughs> you know, right. that's giving more confidence. Okay, if I put a small gloves, bro, I'm, I can you know I can knock these guys out of the division and I'm a jiu guy, you know. Like, the guy has power in the hands right here, but, bro, don't forget about my
2: jiu-jitsu.
0: Don't forget about my roots, you know. Right, well, well, that's that's kind of why I bring it up. You know, we all know that you're very dangerous on the ground, but, you know, seeing more and more uh, technique coming out of you in the stand-up department, getting those couple of great finishes, uh, you're very well-rounded and a, and, a, and a tough task for anybody in the division. But, you know, during the fight, Dominic Cruz, he was talking about how uh, – he would have liked to see you mix up the takedowns to open up your striking a bit more, but to me, it looks like you really enjoy going in there and banging it out with these guys.
5: For sure, I do, and uh, I kind of I I was I was been watching study the fight again, and doing couple notes, and I realized at the fight he give him like an inside low kick. So he paul I I'm, I'm orthodox. As soon as he kicked, that kick was hard. That he kicked. And it was, I didn't count, I didn't do nothing. I, and then I, I, I got a kick on that time. I said, man, that was a good kick. And I know he's gonna do it again. You know, like kind of me, okay, he's gonna do it again. No problem, I'm gonna keep moving. And as soon as he do it, I'm gonna counter. And that was the time when I kinda moved a little bit, stopped, and then boom, he needs. Dominic said, I remember, right at that time, he said hey, he needs to mix it up a little bit more. Then strikes gonna be easier. But I, I was ready for that kick again. But as soon as he won the kick again, that was the beginning of the end. When I connected my right hand, and I saw, I, and then I knew I need to go. You know, because I saw his eyes when went all the way up and came back. You know.
0: Right. So you were you were timing that counter.
5: Yeah, I so saw I saw that eyes and I said, Poof, Now I'm gonna keep going, but now I gotta follow up. So that's what I did. But if. I think that things on a good way. Don't get me wrong. For sure, if I mix it up more, it'll be even better. They don't know if I'm gonna take him down. They don't know if I'm gonna throw the bomb. So for sure, I need to mix it up better, and and that's why I say I still, I still have a lot of room to improve, and I'm going to focus on that. Room.
0: Right. So, listen. Tell us about the weight cut. You know, you you've said already that, uh, or you said recently rather that, you know, you're a middleweight fighting at lightweight. And you also mentioned that that the weight cut for this last fight was was pretty tough to you, tough for you. Talk to us a bit about that.
5: That weight cut was hard, especially because I have camp to camp. You know, I came, I came like from twelve weeks to fight in, in Orlando. Fight so got canceled, and then I got like six weeks ahead, and two weeks to go. They changed the opponent and a lot of things. So. That affects a lot of my weight, bro. It was kind of a little heavy. It was around 173, I think, or when I got down the week. It was pretty good. But then I saw water loading just to help out a little bit on the weight cut. But, bro, that last three pounds that when I hit 159 to 158, bro, was a fight. I did a lot of hot baths. I did a lot of sauna. And... <laughs> that was good that was tough bro like right. shout out to 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 my manager ali Ali epidellahjah he was the one that helped me out so much with the weight cut. he was on the sound he there, like all my teammates and but i I didn't feel bad i i, I still have a lot of hands to do the weight cut i was i was okay I was good at but the weight just doesn't want to come off you know I did sound I did the how bass got back to the sound got back to the hot bass. And, okay, stand up, let's do a little bed, put the sweet sauna, and I had that last three pounds, that was a fight, and I'm already in, in touch with my doctor in Brazil, Dr. Rodrigo, like, he's the guy who do he, he does my, my my nutrition, like, years from now, and we I'm going to Brazil next week to UFC Rio, I'll be there, and we have a lot of couple of tests, couple of things to do, but I'm going to focus a little bit on that, but... I got to pay in a certain way because I'm very big, bro. I can feel women. When I touch the guys, when I wrestle, when I grab the guys, I feel a lot of strength. So I, I got to pay a little bit of the weight, All
0: right. Well, everybody says that those last few pounds are, are the toughest to get rid of, of course. But, you know, moving forward, you're talking about going to see the doctor here. Uh, anybody, anybody who follows you on Twitter... Uh, you know, know, knows that you're campaigning for another fight. Looks like you're very eager to get back in there. You've called out Neil Magny, Alex Hernandez, Pettis, Jim Miller. Um, said that you'd like to get on the July card if all else fails. H- has there been any news uh, on who you might face next?
5: Not yet, bro. I'm being calling everybody. They don't answer. They see, they see to it, but they don't, they, they don't respond. They don't answer. So. The thing is, I, I'm looking for a fight with July where already it works with that or but like me, you were just talking, I'm pretty big on 55. And when I saw that and Nelson got, got hurt, I, I just called Harley right away, give me that fight, but we can find your magnet right now. You know, like a lot of a lot of they have the fight schedule right now. They don't need to match with the division. I just go there. I go out there to Liverpool and I find new magnets right now, especially I like that matchup. You know, so so, we were trying to get that fight. Uh, the fight didn't, didn't work out. But I'm here, bro. I'm training already. I want to I get a fight soon. But I want to be that guy who is a 55er, but they know I'm pretty big 55ers. So, if that is a gap and they need a 170, they need a short nose replacement, bro, I'm the guy. Just like that, that quad from, from Cowboy. I know a guy, you know, I'm ready right here. I'm training just. Given the opportunity, I think he can showcase my skills at 170
0: as well. Now, you know, considering uh the difficulties with the weight cut uh and, and talking about how big you are, you know, just walking around is moving up to welterweight something that you know you plan on maybe doing in the future, or are you just are you just looking to take whatever opportunity comes up at this point?
5: Bro, I always think about it when I said my 32 weeks to go to the fight. Bro, I gotta go welterweight. I always think about to welterweight. But I'm I'm thinking I'm on, I'm getting pretty close to the top of the division right now, the lightweight division, especially if they look at my record, I'm a finisher, you know. I, if I don't knock people out, I finish, I have a lot of submissions, I have a lot of knockouts right now. I think I'm right there getting the top of the division. I think I still have a lot of work to do at, at the lightweight, but I want to be the option, you know, like for someone get hurt, you know. I want to test myself on the welterweight as well, but as of right now, I think I should have a lot of work to do at 155. I think he can be the champion. I think he can knock most of these guys out or finish, you know. So that's what I'm looking forward to, to reign on that decision, that 155. But play a little bit, you know, if they need a guy at 170, I'm
2: right here. All
0: right, so just kind of like I was saying – uh, it, it's all going to be opportunities for you. If the right opportunity comes up, you'll move sure, up. But uh, at the end of the day, you're you're a lightweight fighter, and that's the division that you're that you're looking to uh, win the title in. Uh, but what's the ideal situation for you? You know, if, if Magny was willing to accept the fight, w- w- was that the fight you really wanted? Or uh, if you could fight in July against one of the guys you've called out, who would you want that to be? Uh, if
5: I had the opportunity to fight Neil Magny, that would be bro. blows. was... That would be a nice fight for me. I think it can end. I think it can finish Megan on the first round. But right now, i got to go back in camp, you know, like go back on a diet. I'm looking forward to on July 6, 7, or 14, I don't know. But a good fight would be uh, Alex Hernandez, would be a good fight. Uh, I was looking, I was hoping for, for Anthony Patterson, but I just saw him fight uh, Michael Kines again.
2: Yeah.
5: But I don't know. Alex Hernandez will be one of the good guys to fight. I, I, a lot of guys that I want to fight, but I, I know these guys are not taking the fight. So let's see. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna keep calling everyone out. Let's see who takes that. And I think uh, that's a taste for me. You know, July doesn't matter who, but just just put me a, a good name at a at a, at a lightweight guy that's gonna gonna put me on a different level. You know, gonna put me right down the. On the pockets, you know, with the top of the division, I would take it. Don't, I don't care who. Just, just put me a guy there.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's the important part of this is that uh, every, everything that you've accomplished so far, you know, coming off these two amazing wins, I think you're very deserving of, you know, maybe not a ranked guy, but at least the guy that's going to put you into the rankings or put you into that fight to get into the rankings. So I would agree with you there 100%. But I'm wondering how many times do you want to fight this year and. Do you think that by the end of the year you will be able to break into that top fifteen, top ten?
5: For sure, we're gonna break it right now in July. You know, I think Danny, Danny Hooker is gonna be one of the guys too. Alexa, Alexander Hernandez, the guy who just knocked out Daniel Diaz, he's already number thirteen. And I kind of, I kind of had the feeling that these guys they they get on the top fifteen. They kind of get protected. Not not really, but they don't want to fight the guys outside of the rank, you know. It's kind of like they see us too much to lose. So what I'm, what I'm thinking right now is, to bro, just give me a fight. I'm going to finish this guy. Give me a long fight. I'm going to finish the other guy. I'm going to, finish, I'm going to keep finishing people until they put my, na- my name over there, you know. And for sure, I'm looking forward to do, to try to do three more fights this year. You know, July will be a good day. In July. days let see. By September, October, I'm gonna try to do three more fights this year. At least two fights. If I can, if I have no injury, if I'm still free injury, I'm gonna try three. But if not, at least two more fights this year for sure.
0: Well, it's definitely realistic, and I'd certainly would like to watch you compete three more times this year. And uh, like you, like you were saying, man, with the rankings thing, uh, I talk to fighters about this all the time. It seems like you're absolutely right that. Guys in the top 15 do not want to fight outside of that top 15. And unfortunately, that does not give the guys that are deserving of those opportunities uh, the opportunity to get into the rankings like we're talking about. So hopefully somebody will man up, take the fight with you, and and we could see you climb the ranks like uh, I am more than aware that you're capable of doing. Uh, but either way, man, I know everybody's going to be excited when you get back in there. Uh, I hope a fight gets made soon for you, and I look forward to the continued success. Greatly, greatly appreciate the time today, man. Uh, anytime you want to catch up, please feel free to reach out. I hope we can get you back on again soon. Uh, any shout outs or, or plugs that you want to get in before we let you go?
5: Yeah, bro. Shout out to you guys. Thanks to having me on the show again. And shout out to all my training partners and you know, all my, my 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 coach, everyone here, my, my wife, my family, uh, my students at Combat Club, my training partners at Hard Knocks, my coach. Hard Knocks to Henry Hope, Greg Jones, Tommy, uh, my conditioning coach, Jay, uh, Juan Carlos Santana at IHB, and, well, thank you, everybody. And, boom, give him a guy. I mean, like you said, put that guy some men up and give him a guy. No, 15, guys. I got going to put me right there. Okay, nobody. Okay, give me Give me someone. I'm going to fight. And I, the way I see eventually... If I keep winning, keep finishing fights, knocking people out, or finish, my name will be out there. You know, that's that's my main goal.
0: Hey, that's the truth, man. All you do is keep winning, keep knocking guys out, submitting them. You'll become undeniable at some point. So I agree with you. I hope you can get that big fight. And uh, anything we can do to help you get that ranked guy, man, feel feel free to let us know. Uh, again, greatly appreciate the time. Always a good conversation with you, Gilbert. I hope you have a wonderful day down there in Florida, man.
5: Thank you too, brother. Thank you so
0: much, Jason. All right, have a good day, bud. Let's see what happens. Somebody get that man a fight. He's called out damn near everybody in the division. Says he'll move up and wait to save a card or save a fight rather. Very cool stuff from Gilbert. Again, you're seeing him come into his own. Big power in his hands, but now the technique is matching the power on top of the incredible Brazilian jiu-jitsu game that he already has. Very cool stuff from Gilbert. Very much looking forward for what the future has in store for him. But for sake of time, let's keep it moving because our next guest has no time at all. Good friend of BJPenn.com Radio, the number two ranked light heavyweight in the UFC, looking to get a big win on July 22nd and put himself right back into the mix for another title shot. Of course, I'm talking about Volkan Ozdemir. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Penn Nation, Volkan Ozdemir. Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show, knockout artist and number two ranked light heavyweight in the UFC, Volkan No Time Ozdemir. Great to have you back on the show today, Volkan. How are things in Florida? Uh,
6: Everything's been great. Um, Of course, I'm training training hard and uh,
3: can't wait for this fight to come.
0: Very good, very good. So it's been a while since we've had you on the show. There's plenty to cover, uh, but I wanted to start with the rescheduling of the Shogun fight uh initially it was set for may 19th in chile then it was announced that the fight had been moved to uh july 22nd in hamburg germany this all stems from the issues you have going on in florida i don't expect to get into any details about that situation but i'm wondering if you could clarify why they wouldn't let you compete in chile but you can compete in germany uh is it like extradition laws i'm guessing
6: no it's just that um um the opposite side were slow to 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 present their discovery, so it delayed actually all the all the all the all the um, all the affair. So <clears throat> it just gave me uh, some uh, extra months, and uh, then uh, that's why I wasn't able to you know you know leave to to, to go to Chile. And uh, I feel I feel bad also for of course the the Chilean fans and uh, the 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 crowd over there because. Uh, I, I I wanted to go there and compete uh, in this country. That that was something I, I was really looking forward to, but now I got um, a new date. Uh, we just postponed the fight, um, and that's you know close to home. So in my you know neighbor country germany and uh you know i got promoted to a main event so that's even more amazing for me so it's crazy you know things uh, turn out also you know great for me you know so so i'm, I'm really happy with the with the help from the ufc and uh, <clears throat> the, the understanding also
0: right well i was gonna say at the end of the day i'm sure that you would uh prefer to fight in germany and you'll have a ton of supporters in attendance as well
6: Definitely, we have uh, we have already you know some cars uh, ready you know to 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 bring uh, you know my people's uh, in you know so it's gonna be great.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, what about having to to move the fight for a much later date? I mean, did that screw up your training camp at all?
6: Actually, it just um, you know gave me time, and uh, and uh,
2: that's something you know I always don't have. <laughs> and, but seriously. Um, it's just
6: gonna, you know, give me also more, more, more also time to improve and to do other stuff. And, you know, I'm still focusing on, on, on Shogun, I'm still focusing on my fight, on my win. I'm still focused on getting back to the title, you know, as fast as I can. And uh, this time not going fast to the title, but this time winning that title, you know. And this is gonna be the difference also.
0: Right, right. So, give us your thoughts on the matchup. Shogun is a legend of the sport. Very tough guy. Has a style that every fan enjoys. How excited are you to fight him?
6: I think uh, our style match really well. Uh, he's been he's been uh, knocking people out and going to wars for for, for years now. And um, this is also a style you know I, I really you know can can show so much potential against because. Now, we, we're just gonna let our hands go and it's gonna be a total war
0: now some people think that Shogun has taken too much damage at this point in his, car- in his career what, what do you think about that?
6: I mean he also took some 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 time off uh, some time off to to heal his injury to take care of his body and uh, uh, you know he's a, he's a professional and uh, I'm pretty sure you know whenever he's, he's back into you know into fight or training uh, that's when he's ready. So I don't expect anything less than than the best of him. He's on, still on three-winning fight streak, and uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a legend of the sport, so I'm
3: really excited to fight him.
0: Now, you talked about how his style complements yours in regards to being able to showcase uh, your abilities. I mean, given, given your striking background, going in there against a guy who's going to stand up, go to war with you, you're really feeling like you're going to be able to, to put on a great show for all the fans of Germany.
6: Yeah, that's that's definitely it. Uh, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a really really great fight. It's gonna be a war, and uh,
3: we're gonna be able to showcase uh, some good striking and, and explosive knockout.
0: Now, a win over Shogun does that put you back into title contention, in your opinion?
3: I
6: think he, <clears throat> that's also something that he, he thinks a win over me is gonna give him contention, but that's the problem you know it's uh it's uh it's i'm here to stay and I'm, I'm back at the title you know as fast as i can um fighting a former champion will give me you know also you know a, a good um a good credibility for for getting getting back to the title um then i'm gonna have you know maybe one or two fight, depending off of, of um uh, of uh, what's going, going to happen with the with the dc and Stipe and whatever but um maybe one fight after this one is going to be rather right off the title maybe you know the next fight after this so it's going i think everything can happen really fast um, I'm definitely fighting to 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 be uh, want, wanting to fight the best, you know, the highest ranked guy. Uh, I tried to 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 get a hold of, you know, Gustafsson for a while, and you know that's something that's a fight I really want to to have. Hopefully, maybe since I'm fighting Germany, maybe hopefully I can fight in Switzerland next, in my you know in my home country, and that will be an amazing, you know, just to to see who's going to be the the king of Europe, you know, finally. Otherwise, Glover was a fight I was trying also to 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 get through before the Shogun fight. I got the proposition for the Shogun fight, so there is a ton of matchup to do. But uh, definitely, I want to fight the best, the best guy,
3: the highest ranking guy, you know, uh, after that fight.
0: Yeah, you covered a lot of bases there. Touched on a lot of things I wanted to talk about. But first, with DC, give us your thoughts on him fighting Stipe. Who are you picking in that fight? And do you think it's fair to the division to to hold up that belt for a bit?
6: I mean, uh, I always say that uh, I love the the, the super fights. I love uh, I love the excitement he gives. I love the challenge also that that it can give to 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 the fighter itself, but also to the fans. So I like the fact that um, you know he's uh, he's moving up weight and he's uh, challenging uh, the champion in this division. That's that's pretty that's pretty crazy, and um, that's something I, I admire also. Um, definitely something I will, will love to do also myself. <clears throat> but right now uh, he's doing it, and uh, I think uh, the division is on a, on a hold. I think there is a lot of matchup also to be to be played in between, you know. Right. Uh, and the number one contender, you know, has been you know MIF for a while, and uh, now uh, the, the number two is going to fight uh, Ilir on the same card, so it's going to be also it's going to be also a, a good night for the two or five division.
0: For sure, for sure. Now. um... You mentioned Gustafsson there. Uh, are, you're still looking forward to that fight to, to, to determine the king of Europe, but I'm wondering, do you think it's realistic to assume that you get past Shogun? Do you think the UFC is uh, going to put that fight together? I mean, it's certainly one that makes sense to determine the next title fight, you know, the the uh, title eliminator, if you will.
6: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it all depends also on what's, what's happening with him. So, I don't know. I think he's, uh, he's trying to fight Lukaku um, and... Um, Luke has uh, no fight in the division now, so but he's uh, a former, the former middleweight champion. So yeah. um, it also makes sense, but uh, I think he doesn't make as much sense as as fighting, you know, the 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 highest ranked guy, you know, right now.
0: Now is Luke still training with you guys?
6: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we were training. We were trying together. He's my teammate now.
0: Okay, so uh, does that does that mess things up for you guys if he's moving up to 205 in regards to you know trying to hunt down that title?
6: No, I think um, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's definitely not not a, not going to be a problem. It's not going to be an issue. Uh, we we talk together, and, you know, and uh, there is there is no no problem with this.
0: Okay, very good. Now, in regards to DC coming back and, and hopefully fighting for that title again, getting to avenge that loss, uh, what kind of lessons did you learn in that fight?
6: Um, plenty, definitely plenty, plenty of lessons. Um, first of all. Uh, then uh, I, it's it's uh, it's a uh, it's it's a lot of uh, stuff I learned, and I know a, a lot of stuff I'm gonna I'm gonna improve and I'm, I'm improving already. Um, my game is changing, my game is evolving. You know, sometimes you you just uh, you just realize that something has to change and uh, and then uh, and that's it. You know, then then uh, there is the timing. But you know, for a while um, I was. I know my knockout power, I'm, I'm aware of it, and um, I think during that fight I was just rushing it a little bit too too much, and I think that's what cost me the fight.
0: So you felt like you were maybe kind of relying on that knockout power a bit too much?
6: Um, not really, it's just, um, it's just how the fight went and uh, how, how, how I wanted to, 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 to do in, in, in the fight, and uh, now uh, it's, uh, it's definitely a different uh, Vulcan that's going to come to fight. And um, I keep improving, I keep evolving, I, I, I look at new stuff, I, I I keep just trying to get the best results on every
2: session I'm doing.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I was there live, and, and I gotta say, man, I felt like you had a really great first round. It looked like you had caught him a few times coming in with that like short left hook. Uh, I mean, the success you had in the first round, you could certainly apply that to the rematch, right? <sighs>
6: Yeah, but it's gonna be definitely different. Uh, I'm not gonna go in the the fight and doing the exact same stuff. You know that will be completely stupid. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so definitely it's gonna be. You know that's that's uh, some of the weapons I know I have, but the, the 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 rematch will be definitely different.
0: Okay, very good. All right, Volkan. Always appreciate your time. Just a couple more questions here for you. Assuming you come out of this fight uninjured with uh, Shogun Hua, how quickly do you would you like to get back in there? And how many fights do you think you can do uh, for the remainder of the year?
6: Um, that will be, uh, or almost already half of a year. So probably two fights, definitely two fights for sure. So that will be, you know, a total of three. But um, hopefully, you know, I always try to fight at least four times a year. And um, oh, excuse me, I fought this year already. Actually, yeah. Um, that that will be a total of four. Yeah, if I do, you know, two more. So yeah, that will be a, that will be a good um, a good. Um, a good number, but definitely, you know, I want to fight as much as I can all the time.
0: Of course, of course. Now, do you think you'll be challenging for the title again before the end of the year?
6: Uh, yeah, definitely. I want to. It all depends on about the situation of the division, but, uh, you know,
0: I want I want to be holding that belt uh, within the year now. Okay. Again, man, always a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, in conclusion, let all the fans know uh, why they need to tune in for this fight and give us your production, prediction. How do you visualize this fight playing out against Shogun Hua?
6: This fight will be great. It's a uh, you know you for something something will give me will give a great test in my victory. Uh expect a, a crazy knockout I'm I'm coming really strong with some new tools. I've been you know improving a lot of my game and uh we'll see a Volcan
0: 2.0. All right, Volcan 2.0. I like the sound of it, man. Uh again, thank you very much for the time. Hopefully, we can catch up again when the uh fight gets a little closer. You have a wonderful evening. And any shout outs you'd like to get in before we let you go?
6: uh it's all good i wanted to to shout out to my to my team definitely my teammate everybody that is is helping me um all the the people supporting me so always give power you know keep keep myself strong and give myself also a focus on the goal so that's you know always always appreciated so thank you guys
0: all right volkan great conversation as always man you have a wonderful afternoon
6: thank you so much man all right buddy
0: I don't know about you guys, but for myself, as someone who's followed this sport for many, many years and been a huge fan of Mauricio Shogunhua, I am very pumped for that fight. Incredible matchup. There's no way that it's not exciting. It's a great fight for the division and a great fight for the fans. Very excited for July 22nd at UFC Hamburg. So, Penn Nation, that's five down. We've got one more to go. Up next, the heel of heels, a guy that so many of you love to hate. But nonetheless, you tune in to watch him fight. Good friend of the show, Colby Chaos Covington. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Up next, Colby Covington. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show, the heel of heels himself, the nerd basher, Colby Chaos Covington. What's up, Colby? Putting in working at uh, ATT today, as, as usual, right? That's
7: all I do, baby. I'm putting in work 24-7, man. Thanks for having the GOAT of the welterweight division and the biggest nerd basher to ever come in the UFC.
0: Always a pleasure. So, listen, there's much to discuss, but I wanted to start with this Cam Soda Live thing. Uh, I saw you were having a good time at the event, surrounded with beautiful women, watching some fights. Then some stuff happens between yourself and Charles Bennett. What exactly went on there?
7: Oh, well, well, John Jones just came off a coke binge, and and, you know, he tried to swing at me. He was mad about the comments I made. So, you know, I can't blame him. You know, he's coming off all his crack and, and his steroid charges. So John Jones is just pissed off that that I'm taking over the game and I'm in the headlines every weekend.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Now, the, the video made it seem like he got a punch in before it was split up. Is that accurate?
7: Oh, uh, no, that's not accurate. My reflexes are way too fast for these slow motherfuckers.
0: Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And, and, of course, before we get to RDA and UFC 225, I wanted to talk about the spoilers, man. I found it hilarious that you used the NFL draft hashtag. You definitely pissed off a ton of people yet again, my man.
7: That's what I do, baby. I'm the supervillain. You know, no one's safe, man. I told you, this is a movement. This movement can't be stopped, and no one's safe from this movement. I don't care if it's a heavyweight, a fucking lightweight. No one's safe out there.
0: Now, t- talk to me a, b- a bit about the the backlash from that. You know, I saw that uh, some MMA media outlets were even reporting it and-, and saying that you were a terrible human being for for spoiling Marvel Infinity War or whatever it was called.
7: Uh, all I can say is those are some real nerds and virgins. They need to go do something better with their lives. They should be thanking me, if anything. I mean, I saved them from that shitty-ass movie. And what do you know? Just like in real life, what's about to happen? Bad guys do end up winning in the end.
0: <laughs> All right, man. So so let's move on from there. How is training camping going? I know you're preparing for this big fight. Uh, I'm, I bet you're feeling uh, as, as good as you ever have.
7: Yeah, this is the best training camp I've, I've ever had. You know, I've been really just working on my stamina on my cardio. It's a five-round fight. So I've been making sure I have a different chip for every night of the week. You know, i got to put in them cardio rounds in the bedroom. <laughs>
0: I saw you did some uh, some photos there with uh. What did you say? What was the quote? Uh, sevens and up from now on. Is that what you said?
7: Uh, seven and a half and
0: up only. Okay. (laughs) Very cool stuff, man. So I I I feel like a lot of people don't realize that the the promotion really never ends for you, right? I mean, this is this is a a lifestyle, right?
7: This is a lifestyle, baby. This is the year of chaos and. And you know, it never stops, man. I'm just getting warmed up on all these nerds out here. People think they hate me now, just wait till they wait till I get the bell. They're gonna hate me even worse. It's gonna be a snowflake Armageddon.
0: <laughs> so, uh Rafael dos Años, he hasn't had much to say since the press conference. Uh but tell us about that experience and finally facing off with Dos Años.
7: Yeah, it was good to finally look inside his coward soul and, and realize how scared he truly is, you know. I saw the look in his eyes. He has a lot of fear going on. That's why he doesn't want to give no no interviews. He knows I'm about to delete his legacy, just like I deleted Damian Myers, just like I deleted Hum Kims. I'm the welterweight Grim
2: Reaper.
0: Now, as far as I know, the only interview he did, uh, he had said something about he plans to expose you at UFC 225, called you a fake gan- gangster. What's your response to that?
7: Uh, it's funny he's using the word fake when he's the fakest of the fakes i mean the guy has three quarters of his twitter followers that he bought so if that doesn't spell fake i don't know what is i'm real i'm i'm natural i'm organic if you go look at any of my comments or my social media that's 100 percent all me man so you know it's just funny that someone that is so fake would use the word fake
0: right right and and, and speaking of social media just to just to go off topic here for a moment Um, when you do stuff like spoil Marvel infinity wars, I mean, do you see a, a big drop in followers? Do you gain followers? What's the reaction from the fans?
7: Yeah, you know, I, I lose some followers, but those are the followers I didn't want, man, so. Right. You know, that, that's the difference between me and every other fighter. People that want to say I'm mimicking McGregor, I'm mimicking Trail Sine. I'm not trying to be anything like them. Does it look like I'm trying to get followers or I'm trying to get fans? I don't care. I'm not trying to make people happy. I don't care. You're going to be mad, but you will tune in to see me fight because you want to see me lose. So, at the end of the day, all these people that want to say I'm trying to mimic another person. No, I'm unique in my own way. No one's ever done and went the route I've went. Full, full supervillain heel.
0: Absolutely, I would I would agree with you 100%. Man, the comparisons are are not fair when you are your own individual going into this. Uh, you know, a, like you said, a way that nobody has done before. But listen, there's been a lot of speculation as to why the fight got moved from Brazil to Chicago. I know you had planned on having uh, armed security, but apparently the UFC uh, didn't think it would be enough. Rafael dos Anjos said that they moved the fight because of the stuff that happened with Conor McGregor. Is that accurate?
7: No, that's not accurate. It had nothing to do with security. The powers that want me to make this glorious moment in American history happen on U.S. soil. Those filthy animals in Brazil sure as hell didn't deserve this moment.
0: <laughs> okay, so you're, uh, I guess without without saying who, I mean, is it uh, UFC brass? I mean, they they wanted you to have this moment in the States.
7: Yeah, you know, it was U.S. brass, you know, the the UFC brass. You know, the, Dana White knows what's good for business, and he knows he knows I'm good for business. So he wanted this glorious moment in UFC history to happen on U.S. soil in Chicago. And what a better place than to go to the same arena that Michael Jordan used to play, the United Center. And that's crazy because I am cut from the same cloth as Michael Jordan. We have similar attributes he's a goat of his sport i'm the goat of my sport so it only makes sense for me to go dunk my nuts on rda's head just like michael jordan used to dunk on fool's heads in the nba
0: <laughs> now uh, speaking of all the drama with, with conor mcgregor what did you make of that stuff was it a good pr move or, or was it a stupid act of aggression in your opinion
7: uh, you know he's a coked up little leprechaun he's making stupid mistakes but the thing is Jason is that he noticed that King Colby was in the media a lot and in the headlines and he was losing attention so he was just trying to get to the, steal the, the, the headlines back but at the end of the day you know as soon as I put out my tweet that I was King Colby the bounty hunter was looking for him he turned himself in so he knows he didn't he didn't want to get his hands dirty with me
0: <laughs> now uh, to, to stay with this card and the stuff that happened with McGregor, And, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, you you dunking nuts on guys, you had plenty to say about Khabib since then as well, the nuts on his forehead comment. I believe you said at first on this show, if I'm not mistaken, that you wanted to go down to lightweight, compete for that title as well after you won the welterweight belt. Is that still the plan? And give us your thoughts on a possible matchup with Khabib.
7: Yeah, that's still the plan. I'm I'm looking for three belts. You know, I'm looking to do something that's never been done in the sport. You know, I want to go down to 155. I want to go up to 185 middleweight and take the belt. Whitaker hasn't been that impressive. He got knocked out by choir boy Thompson. You know, in karate, everybody knows that shit don't work. So, you know, and as far as Khabib, I mean, the guy couldn't finish a real estate on 20 hours' notice. That's sad, man. If that dweeb ever comes up to 170, I'll I'll ragged out, doll him like the chump he is.
0: Now I know you weren't impressed with his performance, as you mentioned there, the uh, he couldn't finish a real estate agent. But you know, being that you're a high-level grappler, do you think Khabib is a talented grappler? In your opinion?
7: To be honest, no, man. He's he's not that talented, man. His his wrestling doesn't add up to good wrestlers. He has good pressure and sambo, but he's going against guys, not all American Division One wrestlers, who've been wrestling since they was five years old. You know, my hips are completely different. You know, my scrambles and my takedowns. I'm a bigger, better, stronger, everything better than him. You know, I'm I'm way more handsome. We all know that. So,
2: you <laughs> know, I, I I
7: don't think that his skills are that good, and they don't translate up to 170. But that's why I'll, I'll go to 155 if if need be. You know, I'll meet him in Russia. You know, I'd love to go to Russia and, and silence that crowd and, and give the, the Russian fans something some to cry about.
0: Oh, the Nerd Bash train knows no bounds, man, worldwide.
7: Yeah, the Nerd Bash train has no, no limits, man. There's no boundaries on Nerd Bash. You know, I'm the bully of the UFC, man. I'm, I'm giving swirlies, I'm taking lunch money, and I'm giving wedgies, man. It's Nerd Bash 2018. This movement cannot be
0: stopped. Now listen, completely off topic here. When I asked you about, about Charles Bennett, you mentioned John Jones, but Joe Rogan has said that, that you should be careful saying stuff about John Jones in case you have to run into him. What is your response to that?
7: Um, I think Joe Rogan should uh, should worry about what he's saying about me because we might just meet face-to-face soon in the near future. He might be commentating that Chicago card. So, you know, that's kind of hypocritical of him to say something like that because when he's talking about me, you know, we might be face-to-face and, I, you know, I might just have to slap him.
0: All right, fair enough, man. Uh, by the way, did you see any of this stuff going on with uh, your boy Jorge Masvidal and Neil Magny?
7: Yeah, i seen that going on. You know, as to be expected, you know, Neil Magny's been ducking game bread my boy Masvidal for a long time. He doesn't want to fight Jorge. He knows Jorge will will retire him and finish him for the little peasant that he is. So, you know, he's running like the little nerd he is, man. He needs to go get laid. He's a virgin.
0: Now, we, I had talked with Jorge yesterday. I, I had him on quick just to just to get the scoop on what was going on with him offering – to come in uh, at a catch weight, fight Magny in UFC Liverpool. Uh, Magny, it's, it seemed like he was down for the fight. And then today we uh, we release an update that Jorge said he declined the fight. Now Magny's saying he didn't. Uh, obviously, you're going to take the side of your boy game, Brad. But what do you think's going on there, man? Like, why won't Magny take this fight?
7: Oh, dude, he knows it's a terrible matchup. My boy Masvidal is, you know, his defensive wrestling some of the best in the the world that the UFC has ever seen. So, Magny knows he can't take him down, and and Jorge's striking is lethal, you know. So, he's just afraid, man. He doesn't want to get his lights turned out. He doesn't want to go unconscious in that octagon. So... You know, he's been running from George. They were supposed to fight like a year ago, and Magny's just avoided that fight like the plague. So, you know, Magny wants nothing to do with my boy, Jorge Masvidal, and, and rightfully so. You know, I, he doesn't want to get leave the octagon in a
2: stretcher.
0: Now, getting back to the task at hand, winning the title, your own career, obviously. Uh, to the people that still question this interim title that you're fighting for, Tyron Woodley included, uh, wh- what do you say to those guys at this point?
7: Um, you know, I just have to laugh at those people. You know, it's it's been a year now. We're coming up on a year in June, so you know, look at the guy. He's cl- he's out there claiming, oh, I fought four fights in one year. Go look at his record, Jason. He's fought four fights in three and a half years. That's one fight a year. Is that the makings of a champion? When I'm the champion and I take the belt, I'm I'm still gonna fight two more times this year. You know, I'm I'm looking to be active, man. You only get. You have a limited window, you know. I want to fight till I'm, you know, 36, 37. That's six or seven more years. I want to be fighting four or five times a year. So, you know, all the all the critics that are saying this interim title shouldn't happen, well, why is he out faking injuries? You know, he was good to fight Nate Diaz, but then when Dana White offered him against me at the end of the year show, UFC 219, he he was, oh, all of a sudden I got to get shoulder surgery. You know, it's the guy's fake. I mean, why is he gossiping about the Kardashians when he should be out here defending his title? But... You know, if he was really hurt, you know, why did not he get the surgery right after he fought Damian Maya? Why did he wait like seven seven months to get the surgery? Just nothing adds up. And, and look what he's doing now. He's trying to act like this fake, you know, he's out there putting fake news to, to draw the attention away from me right now, saying that he's going to get a fight with Nate Diaz. That's not even on the table. They're not even talking about that. That's not going to happen. That's complete fake news. He's just trying to draw the headlines and attention away from me right now.
0: Now, he says he'll be ready by July. I know we've talked about this before, but – you know assuming you, you get the win here UFC 225 is uh July too quick of a turnaround for you to unify that title against him
7: uh we'll see you know i, I know he's got some baby mamas he has to pay it off and he, and he's got some bills to pay so you know he's going to have to come beg me for when we're going to have the showdown you know it might be july it might be august but you know we'll see i'm not going to be on his terms it's it's not like you know he's not in the driver's seat no more. No one gives a fuck about that guy. Look, go look at social media engagement. We're not talking about followers because we're talking about followers. Justin Bieber would be the champion, but if you go look <laughs> at engagement on social media, no one gets more engagement on their social media than me. I mean, look at my comment section. Look at you know all the people engaging in conversation. Everybody wants to watch me. They know I'm the king now. So you know, Tyron Woodley's not a draw. No one gives a shit to watch him on pay-per-view. People want to see me on pay-per-view. Whether they want to see me win or lose, it's the same thing. They're going to be buying the. Pay-per-view pay to see King Kobe take over.
0: Right, right, right. And you and you make a great point there. I mean, I think that once you've captured the title, uh you you become the money fight, I mean undeniably, right?
7: Absolutely. You know, I'm already the money fight. Everybody knows that. Dana knows that. That's why he knows he put me in this interim title fight. So, you know, I'm a promoting and marketing machine, man. That's what I do. I, I'm not out here complaining, oh, the UFC doesn't promote me because they never have. No, I'm out here doing it myself, man. That's what that's what this business is. We're independent contractors. so. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I am the money fight. You know, Tyron Woodley's going to have to come beg me, but, you know, I don't know if I'm going to give him the shot. I might just give it to GSP. Everybody says that GSP is the best welterweight of all time, but but everybody truly knows I'm the best welterweight of all time.
0: Well, you versus GSP, very interesting matchup to myself as well. But uh, Tyron said also, uh, I believe it was a couple weeks ago, said something about your trash talk being scripted. Uh, For me, I mean, I think maybe some things are are premeditated for any heel in the game, but what's your response to that? I feel like you're off the cuff most of the time.
7: No, that's completely fake news. I mean... I mean, just I mean, you talk to me on a regular basis. We have media interviews. You know, this is me, man. Everybody that follows me on social media, you know, I message them back and I keep engagement with my fans. He's just trying to do anything he can to tarnish my name right now. Anything he can grasp at to like make me look like an idiot. You know, he's just gonna try and do that. But at the end of the day, if anybody's gonna talk about scripted, I mean, the the dude's sister is the one that runs all his social media. So if you're talking about scripted, I mean, come on, dude, your girl, your sister is the one that runs all your social media. How you gonna Talk about scripted when you're the one that has someone doing your social media for you. I, I'm all natural. I'm organic. I did this from the start, man. This is me. This is how I roll.
0: Right, right. Oh, I'd agree with you, man. I mean, from day one, we'll fight for food. I mean, from then on, it's been an explosion, and uh, you've done a hell of a job with this thing in, in just uh, under two years, so... Um, all right, listen, Colby. Always a pleasure speaking with you, man. I'm sure we'll chat again before the fight. Uh, but for all the Colby Cove supporters out there, tell them what to expect in the build up for this fight, and to all the and to all the haters out there, anything you'd like to say to them.
7: Oh, man, my haters are all virgins, man, so all you haters out there, go get laid, it'll change your fucking life, dude, stop hating on me and go go do something productive with your life, like make some money or go get laid with the hot bitch or something, but, you know, you can, you can expect non-stop entertainment from me, even the people that hate me, you know, at least you have someone to go to and vent out your frustrations of your shitty life to now, so, you know, you can expect, I'm just getting started, man, this is just the beginning, Jason, when I take the interim title in June everybody's going to know who the money draw is. They're going to know who the biggest name in the game is. That's Colby Chaos Covington. This is the year of chaos.
0: All right, man. Listen, I I know we'll catch up again before the fight. Always a pleasure. Greatly appreciate your time. Uh, Looking forward to, again, very much looking forward to all the promotion leading up to this fight. Uh, In conclusion, any shout-outs or uh, plugs, appearances you got going on, anything you'd like to, uh, to put out there?
7: Yeah, shout-out to uh, Miley Restaurant, Vietnamese restaurant, the same sponsor that Tyrone Woodley has, uh, Vietnamese sponsor in uh, St. Louis. Shout-out to them. American top team, Dan Lambert, much respect to my manager, the best manager in the game. He's hired a full security guard team for me, so, you know, he's got all the money in the world, so that guy's wealthier than wealthy. So, you know, just thank the UFC for the opportunity, and uh Get ready for the ride, man. you about to see a serious snowflake Armageddon. Everybody's going to have their tissues ready complaining and crying after I get that belt June 9th.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Love it, love it. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. I hope you have a great afternoon, and uh, keep up the good work, brother.
7: Thanks, brother. Have a good night. You too, man. Later.
0: All right, Penn Nation, that's it for me. It's been another great episode. More conversations with amazing guests, some of the best athletes in the business. Pleasure to be here with you each and every week. Make sure you guys bookmark us, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Follow us on social media. Stay up to date. Everything breaking, tons of exclusives. You name it, we got it. Everything you crave from the sport you love in mixed martial arts, bjpen.com. We have got you covered, guys. So, on behalf of the whole team, thank you, Penn Nation, for tuning in tonight. Big mahalo to all of our guests that joined us this evening. Make sure you guys stay tuned for another episode. Coming up next week, BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Peace out, everybody.